So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. The SLE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Welcome to episode 269 of the SND Podcast Show. A very special episode this week for everyone. Uh, we're all here tonight. Danny Vin, what's going on, boy? Nothing much. How's it going? Vincent? Doing good. It's a good week. There? Still trying to figure I'm, out the song, Vin? I'm, I'm lost. We're lost on the song, and I'm not going to sing it because it's just weird. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Yeah, it's weird. It was like the Shakira thing from the Super Bowl. That's what it makes me think of when you say it. Um, yeah, exciting show. Good to always have, good to have Jerry on. Yeah, uh, thirty years of Undertaker, um, accumulating into Survivor Series this coming up Sunday on WWE Network. Uh, so we figured, why not bring Jay on and also, you know. The Patriot fan that almost lost last week while we were recording to the Jets will be joining us as well. Talk some football. Um, Twitter topics, huh? Twitter topics. Taylor Swift is re-recording um, all of her music to get it back from Scooter Braun. I, I hope you guys are ready for this. <laughs> we're just re-releasing all of it. All right. <laughs> so... As we go through Twitter topics, right? I didn't I even usually... listen to it the first time it came out. Why am I going to listen to it this time? Listen, she's got good music. Whatever. That was it. That's it. See, I got that part right. Thank God. For... This is why we need. This is why we have Danny around. Danny, where did you find that? The funniest thing. It's on his iTunes. It's still on his phone or something. (laughs) No, no, that's YouTube. I'll send it later. Um, I just remembered when I was in college, I had a, I had a good good couple. I had a bunch of friends who are Puerto Rican and liked reggaeton, and a bunch of times we would go out and they would play that song, and my light bulb just went on. I'm like, holy crap! Yes, yes, yes. So I like butchered the spelling and it popped up thankfully okay okay wait so what's it called wonderful chacarone yeah i mean that's the first and it's by thing. el combo combo yeah, c-h-o-m-b-o el combo nope, yeah so that's not it sorry for everybody for listening to this car wreck of an intro but yes oh, man car wreck Take that. <laughs> so anyway, as you go, usually I go through like the tabs of Twitter topics. I don't know how much you guys actually look at what's trending on Twitter. 
Because there's like obviously the election is still there, and there's just random trending things and sports and whatever. And again, random things pop up. For some reason, the Olive Garden is trending, so I'm clicking it. They finally realized their breadsticks are overrated. Um, Or the whole place is overrated. The first tweet that pops up is Barstool made one of those fake maps again. Okay, about what? Of America's favorite fast food chains. Oh, okay. And they put... Where did they put Olive Garden? I mean, they had to have put Olive Garden... I guess it's, I think it's Delaware. Yeah. Uh, well, they put it in New Jersey. <laughs> of course. All the New Jersey people are freaking out. <laughs> um, favorite fast food restaurant, go. Favorite fast restaurant, yes, fast food restaurant, for the rest of my life. Yes. Well, I gotta think about this one. Steven, I know you don't really eat it as much anymore, but you have a big one. Are we talking like chain restaurants or like McDonald's and all that other type type? Place? Sure, I'll include the chain restaurant. No, no, no. I I could do both. I I'm I'm just asking. Mm. Um, Right, because Olive Garden's not really fast food. Alright, I'll so I think I'm gonna have to go Applebee's for fast chain like restaurant. Yeah, overrated? That's where we're going with? No, the, your favorite your favorite. Ooh. Uh I like Danny and I like Applebee's. Yeah, it's definitely Applebee's. It's definitely what about, that like, like drive through perp- fast food kind of thing. Taco Bell. I haven't Taco had it in like six years, but Taco Bell. Um Oh, it, classic McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's is the worst out of everyone. Um, In all fairness, it's the Baconator from Wendy's, the French fry, and the Frosty, and then the French fries from McDonald's. Right. All day. That's true. Yeah. Remember a couple weeks ago, I was bored out of my mind, and I set that up. Yes. Yeah. Um. That was actually fun. Yeah. Uh. See, it would be Wendy's if they didn't change the French fries. Ugh. One of the catastrophes of. The sea like, salt, the sea salt fries. Once they went that way, it was yeah, all yeah. Over. no, their fries were beautiful. Um, I guess I would have to go. Yeah, see that their fries suck too. They had better fries. I would Burger King onion rings. No, Burger no, no. King's I like actually. Different. I actually like Burger King. I believe it or not, I like Burger King. Well, that was because right. it was around the corner from our high school, so it was you don't easy to walk to every day. Not only, the, not only that, I have one around the corner from my job now, too. Um, Sonic's very good. There's one over here now. Yeah, I, I, I haven't gone to a Sonic enough to like love it. Um, if Shake Shack had better French fries, I would say Shake Shack. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to go... Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going outside the box, and I'm going to go Chick-fil-A. The okay. like five times I've had it, and you can get so much out of it. Unbelievable. All right, so now the better the question becomes: Moe's, Chipotle, or um, Green Cactus? Chipotle, to me. Yeah, I, I've never gone to Moe's or Green Cactus, so I'm I'm gonna have to go. You ever been to Moe's? No, I there gotta is a... go to the around. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go to Models. Gotta go to <laughs> Models. Um, yeah. 
But Moe's I mean, was... how many times did we hear that commercial as Met fans growing up? It was on. And Islander fans. Yeah, literally yeah. every... Every whistle, they played that at the Coliseum. Yeah, right. Remember um, the Wiz? Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. <laughs> it's so funny. Clearly, everybody at, beat the Wiz. <laughs> it's so funny watching, like, old Yankee games because they, they had the ad in right field. Yeah. Yes, and that, and then uh, the Keyspan, the Keyspan Tower at, oh, at Shea. Right. Man, Keyspan used to hook it up for me, for my dad, man. It was so awesome. Them and the Mets and Islanders all the time. Um, You guys should try Moe's and also definitely try Green Cactus. Yeah, I actually never had Moe's, but I'm sure it's good. Like, the only time I have I physically seen Moe's is passing by the Coliseum. And at at Penn Station, wait, going oh, right. to going to the A A A and C train, that's the only time I saw it in Penn, in the, the Long Island Railroad section. That I and obviously I'm like I'm not having Moe's before I go home. So oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so yeah, unless you get on the car with the bathroom. Right. Well, not well, not only that, but it's like I, I'm about to go home anyway. So well, it, it yeah. was just a I. I went with a buddy of mine to a Mike Piazza book signing when his right. book came out, and then we got Moe's in Penn Station afterwards, and it was not a good idea. <laughs> not in Penn yeah. Station. I made it home, but it was just a bad rest of the day. Yeah, I, I, I had a Chipotle in my old neighborhood before I moved out, uh, and work is literally right below me, so I just order online and pick it up. So I would get oh, Chipotle yeah. at least once a week. I mean, ordering things online, this is just a separate topic. It's become Game too easy. Changer. I hate it. I order Dunkin' Donuts because it's on my way to work every single morning. Every day. Right. I'm spending so much goddamn money on coffee or whatever this like weird passion fruit drink thing that's really good that they have now. I, it's Every day it's like five bucks at fucking Dunkin' oh, Donuts. Oh, yeah. And Chipotle, we all know how crazy Chipotle is with lines yeah. to begin with. So I'm like, screw this. I'm not waiting online. But it has gotten to that that like place where like I will order from a place because they have like the you don't have to talk to anybody pickup like oh, Panera yeah. they just drop it on the counter I'm just right. okay perfect yeah Panera's clutch like that too um yeah Chick Fil A at Roosevelt Field Mall or any Chick Fil A actually or pre order well, online. Yeah, I, I've done that too at work. The Chick Fil A yeah. by my job, by uh, Fulton Street, by the Freedom Tower, and it is absolutely crazy. I, I'm like, that's a treat myself, and I'm still waiting 20 minutes on the mobile order because it's so crowded. Oh yeah, so, the one, because what they, what they do at Chick Fil A, which is cool and smart, you have to get there and type in your pin, and then they yeah. make it fresh for you. So that's cool. So the one at Roosevelt yeah. Field, if you go in there, there's always a huge line, and it's so funny when you when you go on the app and just order it, right? And then you just watch everybody on the line stare at you and think you're a jackass because <laughs> they all know that they got their way before you and you got your food. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm like, you're you're just dumb. I get those looks when I like I work a Saturday and I go to Dunkin' Donuts and it's, they're just like people. There's the line is just there. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just take my. It's you know, it's the same with Chipotle. Yeah, it's the same with Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm the same way with Dunkin'. That's why I have um, to go to like four different Dunkins because like I have to mix it up just to be like, all right, you know me now. Now I gotta wait three more days before I see you again. 
Oh no, I just keep going. Yeah, you gotta keep going to your normal spot though. Nah, it all depends on where I'm going, ideally. See, I'm, I'm, I'm. It depends on the direction. Like, if I'm going, like, northern straight from the house, by the one in Valley Stream is easy. But if I'm going a little more east, Limbrook makes it a little bit easier because I'm going down Peninsula. Right. With with me, it's funny. Like, I have in the city, it's Chipotle. Um, uh, well, next to the Chipotle, it's Starbucks, and my building doors are right there. So I'm like, I, I'll go to Starbucks more than Dunkin'. That's another block away, but. It's it's really funny. I'm like, all right, yep, right there. Because I don't drink coffee. I, dr I drink iced teas and stuff like that. Right, so I do like, mostly the same thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'll just go right there for a couple bucks more. Because cause with Starbucks, you can just order that like particular drink and they'll do it for you. And like with Star Dunkin', I always fuck up the sugars. I'm like, God, I should know what I want <laughs> now. Um. So... This is going to be a hard turn, but it's just another topic that I think can be an interesting, more interesting conversation. Uh, there will are... it be though? What? Will it be though? It will be. What about what about the retro jersey, reverse retro jersey? I hate. I don't hate it. It's just extremely boring. Well, right. That's Lou. This was their opportunity to go fish sticks, even with the fish sticks with the regular logo. Like that jersey is just the. If you remember, I call it the Mike Comrie jersey. It's just that jersey, but they made no, the no, no, Alexi Yashin. Yeah, Alexi Yashin. Mike Comrie had the shitty. Um, I know, but Reebok like, jersey. I know, but if you make, take that Reebok jersey instead of making half the sleeve wow. orange, make it blue. It's the same jersey. It is basically the Yashin jersey. I know what you're saying, but no. when I first it's saw the that original color Trent blue, Hunter jersey, right? Yeah, because like, it's the last time they had that blue was the Mike Comrie jersey. Is what I'm saying. Because okay, they went back, there, to but that. you're still wrong. Right, they did go back you're to right. that no, one. You're right. It looks like the old stupid jersey. Like they should have even went to the orange jersey. It would have been I wouldn't just as even just make the lettering orange too. Do it like Which the '72 team. Right. Well, yeah. Make that jersey and flip where the blue and the orange are. Where they like where they had what they just made, but flip the blue and the orange. So there's some blue on the sleeves and the orange. Uh, the whole rest of the jersey, it, it, whatever. It's just. I don't know if it's a Lamarillo thing or if it's just this is the way they wanted to go. But I think this is above the uh, well. This is not a Lou Lamarillo thing. I don't think it is either. Whoever <laughs> makes decisions. See, here's boring. the thing: as the president of a but team, it, he does get thing. a say in things like that. And he's a clean yeah. guy. He's like a Yankee type of guy. I know everything I know. clean. I don't know. They so could have done Adam a better job. Thielen, I'm, still I'm happy to see the Rangers brought back delivery jerseys. Uh, what the other Ducks, teams? baby. The, the what? The Ducks jersey with Nightwing. Yeah, the uh, cartoon Mighty Ducks jersey was pretty cool to see. Um, the Coyotes jersey is pretty cool. I like the Coyote uh, one. It's... Purple's a little bit off. I don't know. Kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't like the big, the big uh, Coyote head, but I think it works. Uh, the Whalers for Carolina. Right. And then there was another one that I was the, uh, Colorado. Or Colorado with the Colorado's coloring was cool. And uh, the Wild, don't forget the Wild. They have the Minnesota North Stars colors. Right. Uh, the Capitals them. went back to the Flying Bird. Right. Well, I'm just looking at some now. I I don't hate the Wild's jersey. Yeah. And yeah, then the uh, the yeah, the Flames so went back to the Flaming Horse. Yeah, that's a cool one. And then the Blue Jackets went back I, to their original logo. I don't like the red on the Blue Jackets. 
I don't know. What was the Predators ones? I didn't see the Predators ones. Yellow it's with the Predator. Yellow with the Predator logo. It's very similar to their other one. It is yeah, their jersey. They should jersey. have went back to the original jerseys like a lot of the newer teams. I yeah. don't hate the Devil's Christmas jerseys. Yeah, but um, see, um, I, they've been trying to get I'm the so green back in for a couple of years. Red and black that they should have went black jerseys. I, I don't hate it. No, I don't hate it either. I'm just so programmed with black and red that uh, the green just throws me. Well, that was them originally. Time, even though they brought it back. No, I, I, I know that. Um, But then again, that defeats the whole reverse retro for me. Um, I also like the, uh, who was it? Crap. I like, a, I like the, the Kings. The Kings the purple. Kings with the gold. With the, the, yeah, the purple and gold with the... 80s 90s kings logo which is pretty cool the panthers went back to their 90s jersey so did the lightning right the buffalo i never liked the swords going through the logo yeah i never liked that logo i never liked that now they put either. the they put the old school big buffalo head not the round one the big buffalo head they have at the black jerseys back in the day they put that on the shoulder that should have been in the middle right Bruins, I, uh, Bruins messed up. They could have put the bear on the front again. Pittsburgh, right. another great one is Pittsburgh, going back to the Yager right. Mario days of the Pittsburgh across the chest. Right. Plain simple, just the word Pittsburgh across the chest. I agree. Yeah. And then Ottawa. I'm just so happy they brought that logo back. Islanders and Ottawa both going to the Alexi Yashin jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Vin, you were about to say something. <laughs> well, so there is a, I guess you would call it a report, that the uh, Warner Brothers has a plan to release Wonder Woman for like a week or two in theaters and then put it on HBO Max. I don't know if it's, like the new one? Like the, yes. The Wonder new Woman 1984. 1984. Okay. So I don't know if it's going to be like similar to the way Disney put Mulan and you have to like pay an extra thing. Or if it's just going to be a way to drive HBO Max subscriptions. But especially in these times, if we're at the point where a, a movie like that is getting put on streaming, then all bets are off for what movies go on streaming. It, that, that's the, like a big domino, you know. Especially you know, Warner, especially a company like Warner it. Brothers doing it. Right. So my my question was, and I guess this is a more general question, do you think we'll get to a point where this becomes a normal thing where movies are only out for a couple weeks and then they go on streaming? I think this is going to turn it into, if this works out, because the Christopher Nolan movie, Tenant. It, I enjoyed it. I saw it. It was pretty good. In the theater it, you saw it, right? I, yeah, because I went... Uh, Whatever night the Packer game was, because I knew they were going to pretty much win that one with night. Okay. So, not this week. Um, Last week, yeah. <laughs> Definitely this, not This very... week was, yeah. Was, we'll... <laughs> um, That was the movie where he kept saying, no, 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 no. It's got to be in theaters. It's got to be in theaters. Now the theaters are open. They put it out in theaters. And they're already talking like, okay, it's going to be on DVD within the for Black Friday. I don't. So it's like the transition's already going there because of the times. 
a lot of movie theaters are shut down officially because of the times. So I think it's just a matter of time until it's all just going to be streaming. It's interesting. If you go over to Wikipedia, Tenet had a $200 million budget and it made $353 million. Now, I'm sure that was less than they wanted it to make, but that's still a pretty good return on that movie. Now, I, my thought of, behind this has always has been, at least recently, that we'll eventually get to a point, and it's unfortunate, but we'll eventually get to a point where going to the movies is like going to a play. It's going to be like, I don't know, 40 bucks. That's so bucks. crazy to even think about. I know, but it's going to be like 40 bucks for a ticket. Because it's, it's going to be so rare be, that people are going to go. Right. It's only going to be the Marvel movies or big, you know, Fast and the Furious, James Bond. You're not going to go to a theater to see. Right. Well, that's what I do now anyway. Right. And that's a lot of people do do that now. But, like, you're not going to go to a theater to see, you know, Parasite or whatever Oscar movies like that are out. There's, there honestly isn't that big of a, a, a difference experience-wise with, like, a, a, a dramatic movie like that. Watching it at your house or watching it in the theater, right? So I, I, I have a feeling we could go that way, but then again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't. Know, maybe once things are actually clear, people they'll get movies. They'll get a rush again. But like, I know they're open and you have to wear a mask and things like that. I, there was literally, I mean, it's a huge theater. It was an IMAX uh, movie in uh, the theater in Westbury. Me and my dad were two two of six people there. Because not so a lot of people like, are going. No, yeah, and it was. This is a third. I mean, Thursday night's not crazily popular, but like, literally, we were, like. There would be more than six people in a normal. Yeah, but even yeah, even that like, and it's not even. I people maybe aren't just looking, but that's not like to me going to a theater as big as that theater was with six people in it is not a dangerous experience. Like some, there was two people in the back, two people in the middle. But we were like toward the front of the section, and then that was it. Like there was. At least fifteen feet between everybody, so I don't, I don't think it's dangerous. I just think people just don't want to go. Right, and I don't think a lot of people realize that the movies are even open. Well, yeah, I like they opened the bowling alleys last week too. I didn't even know. Bowling alleys have been open for a little while, not I, not like city wise, but the city just kind of opened up bowling alleys. So maybe that's what I heard. I don't know. But then again, things are opening up in the city, and now numbers are going up again. Right. And apparently, I saw a thing today that after Canadian Thanksgiving, they had a big spike, so we could see a, a more of a spike. Well, that's why we that. lowered – we had those numbers put in, 10 people. But remember, oh, it's yes. $50 for 50 people at a funeral, so just say it's a funeral for your pet turkey. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't – well, I know – I don't know what your guys' is. I don't know 50 families people. Are, well, I mean, I'm not saying that for the people. I'm saying I'm. I wonder how many people actually have a ten-person Thanksgiving. I'm sure it's a good amount of people. It my family's never been that way, so I don't even think of it that way. We oh, do. Yeah. Mine's usually twenty twenty. Obviously, we're not doing that this year, so we're just staying within my normal my my core family and my wife's family. Right. That's it. But even my, I mean, my family dynamic is is very usually holidays are just like. My dad, my stepmom, my sister, and my brother-in-law. And even this year, my sister and my brother-in-law don't want to do anything because right. they're overly cautious and they have a baby, and it's, it makes sense. Trust me. Yeah, I know the pain. Right, uh, so, so my Thanksgiving is just three people, which is I'm fine with. I'm just gonna we're just gonna watch football and eat regular dinner. It's, right. Right. Whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Basically, know yeah, that's, that's exactly what's gonna be. Um, 
Yeah, so it's going to be like seven of us. We'll just be at the limit, but there, it's the quote unquote pods. Those are that we right. we right. have like so we're good. Right, but I, again, I mean, this started as a movie thing, but yeah, I guess it, it's more of a conversation in general about this. Um, what else we got? Michael J. Fox released a new book, and he says his career is over, or might be over. I don't know. Wasn't it over when he was on Spin City, when he got sick? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he did make a cameo. He did make the cameo at a... Uh... And uh, curb your enthusiasm at certain. At one right, little things like that. I really don't call little things like that. Like he did a no. cameo in a remake of the, uh, what's his name song, Old Time Road. They oh, redid yeah. the video and he was in it again. And it's like those little things. I don't really. I really wouldn't no, consider. Dustin Johnson won the majors. Shout out won the Masters. Shout out to him. Yeah, he won the majors. He won the Masters. He won, the, won a major. I don't. I don't whatever you know what i meant um what was the trade chris paul got traded Eight thousand first round picks to okc chris paul yeah, got traded one. for kelly Oubre, ricky rubio ty jerome jalen lacure and picks yeah one pick i thought or is this couple? Whatever. I mean, it's it's a good. It was a lot of people that I never heard of in Chris Paul. Right. Right. So, <laughs> Perfect, honestly, like, good move by the, the Suns. This is the Suns Booker. trying to get Booker to want to stay. Right. Because he's been wanting to get out of there for a couple of years now. And they're like one of those up-and-coming young teams, and they want him to stay and build something, and they think that making this trade is going to help. But I'm sorry, you know, Chris Paul's considered old and outdated in this league right but he's still gonna he's still gonna be enough for booker and he's still good enough to like help them make actually make the playoffs this time around remember they just only 35 yeah he's the same age as lebron feels like he's been around forever yeah well yeah it's the same draft as lebron and mellow so no he wasn't he was a year before Oh, was he here before? Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, cause the, yeah it had to be because it was LeBron, Melo, and Wade. No, 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 no. I don't no, think no. he was, was after. It was actually after. Oh, after. Okay. It was after year because after. 03 or 04. All right, yeah. So he was 04. He's, all right. He's 05. Oh, so it's two years. Okay. He's 05 and LeBron was 03. So, yeah. Well, remember, he went, th- he went I think it was three, maybe four years in college. Chris Paul, 2003 to 2005 in college, yeah. Wow, he's been playing since 2005. They do have a lot of picks, the Thunder. <laughs> they have... That was the last yeah, time Wake Forest was they, relevant. Um, they have like 20... They have like 17 picks for the next seven years. They have two firsts All in the next first year. Round. They have two firsts next year. They have... A f- then in 2022, they only have the Clippers first. I don't know where their first went. Did you but know that Chris Paul was in Scooby Doo? And guess they have who? three. Twenty-five, they have two, and twenty-six, they have three. Did you know Chris Paul was in an episode of Scooby Doo in twenty nineteen? Nope. I mean, why would I know that? I'm pretty disappointed that you don't. Um, it's the little things, man. The little things. Stupid Antonio Brown. Honestly, can we just kick this guy out of the league? 
<laughs> I'm cutting him off my fantasy team. I don't want this nonsense. Why Bad did you pick him up? <laughs> I, he kicked a camera or something. I don't know what he did. I just got an alert. This just said NFL was unaware of alleged incident involving right. Antonio so Brown before he was reinstated. I don't even know. What, what did he do? He kicked the camera? <laughs> oh, he threw a bike at a security. He uh, threw a bike! Is that what it is? Uh oh. I just remember something about a bike. Uh oh. Woj, one minute ago, sauces, sources. Uh, it just sound like princesses. <laughs> 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 even tried. Wow. Sources. Um. After turning down an extension offer to become the first $50 million player a year in league history, James Harden's message to Houston is clear. Get me to Brooklyn. Rockets and Nets have been in contact, but there's been no meaningful dialogue. Yeah, because the Rockets are like, you need to give us like every young guy you have. Yeah, so <laughs> basically it's going to be Carlos LeVert and um, basically Carlos LeVert and literally everybody else. They're going to have three players on their team next season. <laughs> and DeAndre Jordan. So and have... don't forget their entire bench is former players, so they could just dress up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could just put Steve Nash and, you, and Amari in jerseys. And I'm be like... not kidding. If you put a team of Kyrie, Harden, Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and put Amari at the four, you're making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you're probably going to you have a chance of winning the, the Granted, East. it was Israel. He was still dominant and winning championships like, in Israel. He'll be fine. You're, you're supposed – face facts. They would have a chance of winning the East. Well, duh. <laughs> the East kind of stinks think, again. But the thing is, let's let's face it. I said this today. I forgot who I texted this to. But Kyrie is basically Odell Beckham. That dude is never really, happy no yeah. matter where he is, even at the best of situations. That sounds like a bad mix. The guy was in the perfect game. scenario in Cleveland and asked to get it away from LeBron James. And then the Celtics situation <laughs> was good as well, and he, he screwed that up. So all because you lost to Toronto. I mean, in all fairness, it was Toronto, but still. Like, you he left LeBron because he wanted his own team. That's completely fine. It's a very valid thing. It's common. It's gonna be common in the NBA. But then he had his own team, and it, it took half a season. He was like, "No, I'm done with this. I don't want to do it anymore." Right. And then now he's gonna be the third best player on this team if they get Harden. Right. It, it's gonna. It would be interesting. That and he'll never get the ball because Harden's gonna be the guy controlling the ball at all times. Right. He's gonna have to learn to pass real quick. I mean, Kyrie. Like, I mean, he can pass. I'm not saying he can't. But like, that that'd be something. And it would be fun. And I hope you... they have to trade Kyrie to get him. That's what they should do. <laughs> but they won't <laughs> because Kyrie's the one negotiating the trade. No, I mean, Durant's in charge here. Well, they're together. They're like, okay, so what do we want? Who don't we want on this team? All right. Do you be like, excuse me, can you, do you guys want Amari Stoudemire? And then just be like, um, he's your assistant coach. We're changing topics. <laughs> but imagine turning down $50 million a year. <laughs> no, I can't. So just That's how desperate they are. Yeah, him. but you got to realize that. Him turning it down from them doesn't mean he's not going to go get it in Brooklyn. Right, he's going to get it. No, no, no. I I know that. No, he's going to get less, though, right? I'm fully aware of that. But just imagine, like, $50 a a year off on the table, and you're like, eh, nah. 
Like, you have it. to hate a place uh, so badly. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. Obviously, there was rumors last week about Westbrook coming to the Knicks as well. <laughs> that would be, be something. Disaster. But this is see, this is the only sport. Like basketball is the only sport that would be like, all right, let's trade away everybody and we get a good player, and the the Knicks will actually be better because of it. Like any other sport, if you did this, your team would be in a disaster mode literally the second that trade happens. It's just crazy how basketball is so different. So I don't know. The Knicks have been rebuilding for the last seven years, so I don't know. I, I, it could, I, could, I could be swayed either way of it being good and bad. Um, but if Russell Westbrook's a Nick in the incoming weeks, I'll be excited to be like, oh, all right, at least I get to watch Russell Westbrook. Well, this will be know? Right. Uh, they might not be good just with Russell Westbrook, but it'd still be like, oh, all right, at least we got Russell Westbrook kind of thing. And as long as it's not with RJ, uh, JR, um, as long as it's not with uh, RJ or Mitchell Robinson, I would be all for it. So, um, Speaking of sources, the Mets sure. are linked to every yeah, person. That yeah, has ever played getting, Major it's League Baseball. Ridiculous, no. it's, go. I, I'm almost annoyed at this. Are point. they all gonna dye their hair green? I. Why would okay. they dye their hair green? Francisco Lindor has Lindor. lime green hair. He went to a wedding and he has green. Danny, it's like he has cotton candy green. But he also hair. had blue hair. He's done. He's. But he's blue is normal. Up. Green's different. This is like a different green, and he matches his hat with his hair. I don't know. Anyway, like Jalen Mills, the Eagles, green. Lighter. Oh boy. It's, it's like I don't even know what kind of uh, what I can describe it as. It's it's like light. Vin's already line. Vin already bought the color. He's it's ready. Strange. The minute they announce the, the trade, he's changing the color. They're trading for Francisco Lindo. I, and today's rumor, I'm like, ooh, actually, that's not a bad idea. To or, Ozuna, I look like, right. ooh. They're signing Marcelo Ozuna. They're trading for either Chris Bryant or you Darvish. Or somebody or, else. Or Javi, Javi Baez. I right. saw that. They're um, signing Corey Kluber, Mike Miner. And, and Yadier. And Yadier Molina and Jake Odorizzi. <laughs> yeah, that Odorizzi. was last week. That was yeah, last Jake Odorizzi. Week. It's literally every every yeah. person Wait, that is available. The, the fan base needs to slow down just a little bit. <laughs> I need I – need It's all SNY, too. That's the crazy thing. SNY needs to slow down. I want to know if the Wilpons are still, like, in slight control of SNY, and they're like, hey, let's just link everybody to the Mets. All right. Before we get into – I have to to jump to this. Did you see the Padres tweet? No. Okay. Hysterica Padres tweet. Uh, We've signed Mike Clevenger to a two-year contract through 2022. Also, he's having Tommy John surgery. (laughs) Oh, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, I, I saw, saw the Tommy I John. I saw he has Tommy John, but I I didn't know that was a that's yeah. A, they led it with the contract, and then he's also having Tommy John on Tuesday. That's and he's funny. out all of next season. They said. Yeah, so I mean, it's basically a one-year contract. That's a funny meme. I didn't feel me. You know what? Good for the Padres though, because they basically were like, "Hey, we're gonna take care of you because you need this." How many other teams would be like, "Oh, you're a free agent. Goodbye." So oh, yeah, for sure. I need some. I need some order to this all season, because like. It's very clear that the focus is they're trying to get pitching, they're trying to get catching. And but I sign guess... me up for Charlie Morton and maybe Tanaka. I, I would be I very want... happy with it. Okay, so we were talking food, fast food places, guys. Oh, God. Can you check the chat of what I just put in there for you guys to look at? And tell me that wasn't the greatest meal ever. Oh, fr- uh, friendly, of course. Of course. <laughs> 
I missed. They knocked the friendlies down across the street from my job. Yeah, bankrupt. Setting. I mean, of course, yeah, they're bankrupt. Damn. Um, I'm on the Charles. This is risky, but I like Corey Kluber. I like Corey Kluber. He's been hurt. He was hurt all last year, and he wasn't great before that. But like, I want me some Corey Kluber, and Charlie Morton. I think Charlie Morton is a safe pick. And that's good. I don't need Trevor Bauer. That's the rotation. And then we can go get George Springer and not Yachty Molina because my brain can't handle that. I'm sorry. No, that that Molina is obviously a good player, but it's been ten, it's been six us, years since he's been worth it. No, I, I, I know. But I'm just saying if we get a guy like Molina and he sucks, it's going to be like, it's gonna be brutal. It would Did be... you see uh, Wayne Wright's tweet? No. He was apparently no. like watching TV with his son, and his son like saw baseball on TV and goes "Daddy ball," and he goes, "Oh, I guess that's the sign I'm pitching again next year." Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Yadi would be fine for like obviously defensively, and like he hits barely enough. Right. But I just my brain does. I can't. I don't. Want, I can't see it in a blue and orange jersey. I can't. What? Not not in the blue and orange jersey. I it's not gonna work. I'm sorry. It's um maybe it's petty, maybe it's dumb. He was Oh it's a definitely child petty and dumb, that, but, but it's, I'm, it's I'm doing it. I don't care. Give me anybody not anybody else. I don't know who else is available besides McCann and Ramunto, but somebody else. The S and D Podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends. Dead man walking. Welcome to the podcast, our good friend, our great friend. I crazy to think I've been his friend for over almost a decade. Wild times. Yeah. Um, our good friend Jay Lopez. We're gonna have him talk football, and then our top five later on. We'll discuss that in a bit. So Jay, how's it going? How's everything going? Before we get into football, hope everything's well with you and the family's doing good. So. Oh yeah. Everything's everything's good, man. Uh, it's good to be back on the show. It's always uh, a good time talking with you guys. Thanks for having me back. No problem, no problem. So we got to start off with football. Well, well, since since he's a guest on tonight's uh, podcast, let's talk about the Patriots first. Congratulations they suck. on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they're... To, even even in a in a storm to. Get a win over the Ravens, I'll take it. But um, Danny, Danny, I gotta ask you this question: as a co-season ticket holder, as much as you miss going to games, how happy were you watching that type of game on TV? Oh man, <laughs> uh, I'm just having. I I um told someone I had flashbacks of that Titans game two seasons ago. Oh, you remember my that one? God, that was terrible last night. Between the wind and the rain, like it yeah, MetLife, no, yeah, it was, was super windy. Which wasn't yeah. wouldn't have been terrible like, in the seats. Yeah, in the seats, the, the weather stays pretty like in the concourse. I Except feel like, for when it's life. raining. When it's raining yeah, on no, the other that, hand, it's that, brutal. That, that 
that Titans game two seasons ago in December was absolutely brutal. We had an like opening day a couple years ago. It it rained half the half the home games that season. Like right. but, we but, had eight games, it was like four of them is like bored. Like the one game I went to in it was a Packer game against the Jets and on Halloween. And it was like hot in the seats. Right. It was just so. So they made the sun. stadium that way, where the wind basically just gusts straight to the field. Yeah, and they're dealing with it. Like it's not with this crowd, which is right. fine. But again, when it's raining, it's bad. And the snow game last year, you were at that game. Right. The snow was nice. that was very, yeah, that was very fun. nice and peaceful. It was. It was just snow, which is great. I mean, that's an experience you gotta ever. The snow. The snow game is just peaceful. But yeah, the. Uh, the rain sucked, and then watching Derrick Henry just run all over us—that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, is it me or does Cam Newton play down to his opponents? Oh, more up. I mean, uh, more up. I, I yeah. um, you almost lost to the Jets. Joe, Fla- it, Joe, it, it, it was the two thousand. I, mean, I knew Joe Flacco. I knew there was to be uh, some some growing pains losing losing the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but at the same time, I didn't think it would be this bad. However, uh, I should honestly, have known, considering who the honestly, quarterback came in is. Honestly, they have no talent around Cam. Let's let's be fair. Nothing. No, I mean, but it's the same talent that Brady had last year. But they also had the defense last year. That well, yeah. well, a lot of the defense is COVID issues, right? They all like Pat Chung opted out. Well, yeah, yeah, like no, a good, a good yeah. half Five the defense and Van Noy went to Miami. Yeah. So if this year is a punt without punting kind of year, but they'll still be in the hunt. So. Bill Belichick's the goat, and that's about it. I mean, the good the, the good thing that I've noticed that they put together last night in that win with the Ravens. I mean, the weather did have a lot to do with it, but I think that is our identity now in terms of an offense. We are a running team now. This is not, you know, who do we have to throw to? Like you guys said, Nikhil Harry is a bust. I mean, he he had you know in college he was a like a deep threat, but this dude can't get open to save his life. Imagine um, if they he, drafted DK Metcalf or AJ Brown oh instead. Bro, <laughs> that pisses me off so much to think that we took this guy before DK Metcalf. <laughs> uh, honestly, if we had drafted DK Metcalf, Brady would still be there. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, sure. that's oh wait. True. Oh wait. I have a Come younger on. Randy Moss here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, yeah, I knew right that now they're bad. third place in the division. It's wild. Yeah, we're uh, we're a running team now. Tua, we have baby. Tua. Tua. Huh? Tua, Tua. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that that the Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, the Bills we saw coming, but we didn't see the Dolphins coming. At least I didn't. I don't know about you guys, but we. I didn't see it coming this season, but the way they've been playing. And like that's like I, I've said a couple of weeks ago, I, I I hope what the Dolphins were th- last year and what the Gi- uh, the Dolphins w- are this year. I hope the Giants are like that because it's the same similar situation with Flores yeah. and Judge. So uh, just hopefully, hopefully how that works out. But honestly, the Pats are still in the hunt. They'll they'll find a way to make it interesting because there are three playoff teams, three wild card teams. So. It'll definitely be interesting to see how Cam gets used to the Pats again. Because granted, obviously there was no offseason. Plus the no with the COVID being out for two weeks, yeah. it it was it, it's definitely tough, tough, tough situation for Cam. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Cam came back next year under a regular situation, unless 
the Pats have a good enough draft pick and they like a quarterback, which we never know. Yeah, I mean, you never know with Belichick. You never know what he's going to do but in the yeah, draft. And- he even admitted that, like, it's finally showing with, like, the age of some players and getting rid of players or players not coming back finally took its toll on them. So yeah, it, it, it's can, a fair thing. Like I can even see Edelman not being back next year. Like him, you know, probably scurrying hey, somewhere in yeah, I see a I see a whole new look, you know, uh, uh, with this team next year offensively. It's going to be very different. Um, yeah, the, the the dynasty for now is 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 officially over. But um, it's definitely a rebuilding stage. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, like I said, offensively, how they're going to rebuild. But, you know, hopefully with some of these young guys, somebody, something will click. You know what I mean? But it's definitely, for me, uh, defense and running is, is definitely our, our way to go, right? At least for right now. Because, like you said, right. you know, got nobody to throw to. Right. Yeah. I mean, it will be interesting, I, I guess. I, they've had, as you said, the dynasty's over. But it was basically you know two dynasties like right the early one and the late one obviously different rosters but like does he go because it's not like he's never had a featured back before so do they go like back to like that style like when cory dylan was there that kind of thing yeah Marone or or is he building around receivers i don't know i guess it all depends on they gotta he's gotta get this quarterback first and then you kind of figure yeah. out the rest from there maybe he'll get jacoby Brissett back yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> I think uh, Damian Harris is is gonna be a is gonna be a stud for the next couple of years. He's he's looking pretty good. And then you got your Sony Michelles and James White is getting a little is getting up there. I mean he's been around for a few years. You got your Rex Burkheads and and on top of that the quarterback runs too. So it's literally a running offense like right all all around. You know, but the days of you know having your little slot receivers like your Welkers and your Edelmans and all that I think that time is weight is gone. At this point, there's no Gronkowski's over there anymore. You, you know, you don't have a, want that one big target anymore. You know, so, you know, a, a lot of that offensive is gone in terms of the Patriots. So, like I said, they're, they're going to be like kind of old school Pittsburgh Steeler, like just running, just running the ball down, down their throats. And they're going to struggle, you know, when they can't run, when they go against a defense that won't allow the run, they're going to struggle and they're going to struggle bad for sure. And Cam ain't ain't that young anymore either. Well, he's he's you know not in his twenties anymore. So, you know. Are you resigning are Cam? What... I could see them resigning him for a short a short term deal. Like I, I don't, he's never getting a max contract ever again. I don't see that happening. But um, uh, I say if they don't get a quarterback in the draft, which they should. But if they don't get a high quality one i see him staying for another two years and that's it i don't see him staying there long term like long haul the rest of his career no he's gonna be somewhere else pretty soon yeah i mean i feel like like you said one or two years because i mean they aren't at the moment bad enough to get one of the big guys so they i mean if they're gonna draft somebody this year it's probably gonna be somebody who will need a year or two so i mean there's no reason not to bring him back i mean it hasn't been yeah terrible i mean we talked about this off air i i he's always thrown like that but i can't stand i can't watch him throw it's annoying as hell <laughs> it's just so strange it's he has more rushing touchdowns than he has way more rushing touchdowns than throwing i think uh before yesterday he, he had a point where there was like touchdowns, seven interceptions but eight rushing touchdowns 
Yeah, it was something like ridiculous like that. Well, he like he had a good game throwing against the Seahawks, right? And everybody was like, "Oh, he's back!" And well, it's the Seahawks. We just realized they have the worst pass defense in the history of football. Historically, yeah, it's not even this year. Historically horrible ever, (laughs) (laughs) and it's catching up to them. It's definitely catching up to them because now you you semi-contain Russell Wilson. You know, they're they're in bad shape. You know, yeah, it did not look good yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And they got Jaylen a big matchup Ramsey. this week against Arizona. Arizona. Oh, man. Remember that one time Bill O'Brien traded a second round pick and a wash for a wash for a second round pick and a wash up running back? Yep. Fun times. <laughs> I mean, we could see why Bill O'Brien got fired. I mean, I want to know where the owner was when that trade was made. And he oh, yeah. got the call that said, hey, I traded Hopkins. Yeah, but wasn't wasn't O'Brien kind of like the Belichick? He was the no, GM yeah, he was the, and, yeah, yeah, he, he did. The GM. But still, where the does owner the owner step up. in and go? Excuse me, sir. No. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> he must, must have done that like at three in the morning when people are sleeping or something. Because can you imagine wow. calling Watson and being like, "Hey, listen, um, I traded away your best weapon." Yo, I traded away <laughs> a top two or top three wide receiver. For injury-prone David Johnson, who has this not is, been good in four years. This is Straight. like... And wow. a second-round pick. Don't forget he got a second-round like Major League Two. Unreal. I got you an outfielder. He used to play for the Giants. Not those Giants. <laughs> Ridiculous. And the thing is, I was watching that game live, and, and I thought it was over when uh, when Josh Allen hit Stephon Diggs, who's another killer right. that got, you know, got sent away for peanuts. Uh, so... so <laughs> So Stefan Diggs catches the ball, and I'm like, all right, all right, there's 30 seconds left. This, this is over. So I was I was ready to just change it to something else. And then I was, ah, something told me to just watch the rest of the damn game. So sitting there, and then Murray's running around, and I was like, all right, you know, he's going to do a Hail Mary. Ain't nothing going to happen here. And then all of a sudden, Hopkins makes the catch on three different dudes, and I was like, unbelievable. <laughs> Can you imagine being a Bills fan? Like all these years, you're like, you know what? all right, you know we're what? seven they're, and two. We're playing, finally going yeah. somewhere. Belichick, it sucks. The but... Patriots suck. We're finally going somewhere, and then that happens. Like, and you just had a huge drive to win to take the lead. It, but at the same time, I was like, whoa, unreal. It was the same yeah. thing. I was watching it on Red Zone, and all of a sudden, like, I wasn't paying attention. I looked up, and Hopkins was coming down the wall. I was like, what just happened? Right. Like, <laughs> but the Bills are still standing pretty. It's just an unfortunate loss, but they'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Josh Allen is, is you know, he's if on If Josh Allen is just a little bit more accurate, they're they're going to make a run at it if if everything yeah. stays well. But they the running game has to be there, too. I yeah. mean, if you really want to watch shitty quarterback playing, put Monday Night Football on. Yeah. <laughs> See, this isn't uh, a I, bad... Adam Thielen no, I dropped the ball and Khalil Mack picked it up. Khalil Mack was just holding on to him and was like, okay, thanks. Does Kirk Cousins finally break off the schneid at Monday Night Football at 0 and 9? It's amazing that he had nine Monday Night Football games as a as a Washington football team. Part of the Washington team, really? No, overall nine. He's He's been in Washington what now? Three years? This is like his third year there in Washington. So it's only his. This is his second year in Minnesota. No, it's his third. I thought. Yeah, this is his third year there. 
Is oh. it his third? Oh, speaking of no, Thielen, yeah, by the way, shout out to him. I don't pay attention in the first year. We were bad. Well, when, when Minnesota beat New Orleans, wasn't that – was Teddy Bridgewater their quarterback? Who no, it was – um, uh, What's his face? It was what? the guy nobody wants anymore. Case Keenum, right? Case, Case Keenum. Keenum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah, that playoff. Yeah, Case Keenum, yeah. Yeah, right, they, was... yeah, because they they lost the playoff game. It's the, it's year. The three next week they lost. The next week they lost, and that was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Because Shermer was the I coordinator. Yeah, Shermer was the coordinator <laughs> for Keenum. They lost to the Seahawks on the line and Niners last year. I don't know what they did with the year before. They won the division, but I don't remember what happened. Well, the year they won the division, no. I don't think they made the playoffs that the. First year he was there. the first year with them they didn't. I don't know. We I, don't I know we were bad, so I don't remember what happened. The Bears the Bears won the division that year. Oh, that was the right. clunk year. Double doink. The double doink. Eighteen nineteen they won. Wait, this is the AFC. Yeah, they went eight seven and one. I remember that we tied. Them. Yeah, and they just missed the playoffs. This right? game's ending seven three. Yeah, I'll take it. I I need it for pick'em. <laughs> and then last year they went. The Vikings are going to be back in the division race. Speaking of division races, I'm tired of talking about every other team in the NFL. And he's been dying to get this going. (laughs) He's like, for the love of God, we're in it. (laughs) There's a certain football team that is a half a game out of first place at three and seven. Let's go, baby. Speaking of. Momentum is taking over the NFC East. Mr. Momentum has a new address. Daniel it's Jones, scary that we're the healthiest team in the NFC. Oh, two, two games without a turnover. Uh, Coleman, looking like boys. he's back at Clemson. What's we're, going on here? We're cooking. Yeah, they, <laughs> the Wayne train is it's, well, leaving Danny the Danny and I have been yelling on this podcast for how long about Wayne Gallman? The, the <laughs> and he finally running a straight from, line. Even though it didn't count. The one-handed catch out of bounds. Oh, Ingram. <laughs> Magic. You know what? He needed. I needed that. Bo- those points, by the way. <laughs> it was. That was a beautiful catch. Yeah. No. All kidding aside, it. I blame the Eagles and Cowboys <laughs> for the Giants still being in the division. By but... the way, it's all about Baker Mayfield this week. Just remember that. Oh yeah, go Baker. We need Baker right now. <laughs> a big um, Baker week. Who are they playing? Eagles. Eagles. Oh, and then Kirk Cousins also is going to have a big week. <laughs> but all kidding. Yeah. Aside, three more I'm... points. All kidding aside, I'm, I'm really happy on how the Giants have been playing. The last two weeks, they're finally getting wins after the last this, the first start of the season of like playing good and then like finding a way to blow it. So it, it's been good. And the, the fact that they beat the Eagles by 10 points, man, I'm on cloud nine for that. Especially we haven't beaten the Eagles in four years. So that was sweet. How about Graham Gano? At the end of the game, he gets a contract in that was awesome. <laughs> Get the he literally walked off the field and signed the contract at yeah, the same no, time. The Packers did the oh. same thing yesterday, too. I, I was watching the game, and they gave Bakhtiari a contract in the middle of the game. I was like, what is going on right here? <laughs> how did he, how, where, when did he sign that? Did he have to take the tape I, off his gloves to sign <laughs> it? <laughs> I don't like. I know Rodgers said Bakhtiari agreed to his last night because they, they're like good friends, and he told them last night. So I don't know about what the Giants did. I'm assuming it was literally waiting there. for Gano to walk off the field in his sweatpants. Right. Yeah. No, like it was he like shower, if you, like he if shower. You don't play well, play well today. You're not getting this contract. 
Yeah. Oh, another giant terms. How, how about DeAndre Baker getting off his charges? That, good for him. Uh, Man, I mean, go I be a headache somewhere else. <laughs> no, no, yeah, 100%. I wasn't saying he was coming back. And Judge even said, yeah, he's not coming back, which obviously we're okay with. But yeah, nope. See you later. Good for him. Good for him getting off not being in prison for the rest of his life. So that's <laughs> good for him. Um, yeah, no, the Giants here in the bye week, so it is what it is. Uh, but three and seven, the division's still unfortunately alive, but it's good for us to be watching i guess being us watching every moment of every week i guess that's fun i'm excited for that aspect of things but we all know at the end of the day if they continue to play better maybe but it's it's still a long way to go to even think about and you know what it's funny we talked about it last week with the offensive line and willie hernandez coming back nothing changed when willie got out there they were still gelling and playing well yeah, the, the Eagles started blitzing more guys because they knew we were going to start running the ball more. So, like, for example, that third down late in the game, you had uh, the safety come through the middle with nobody blocking him, which was fine. Um, Gallman got lit up on it, but still, but all in all, pretty clean out of out of that offensive line. Even with Lemieux flipping to the right side and leaving Willie, like I said last week, put the young guys out there and let it go. I mean, yeah, we, we talked about this with the Giants. Just get better, you know. Let, it looks let like them they have gel together. Darius Slayton, he's a nice player. Yeah, no, you know, they, Goldman they got looks something good. Though. The defense looks pretty Darius good. Darius Slayton's a robot because that guy got laid out early in this game. Yeah, <laughs> first drive. <laughs> and I, I, I saw, I saw that Darius, um, Darius, uh, Leonard Williams had seven quarterback hits yesterday. <laughs> I mean, seven. four. I don't know if Carson Wentz is bad or I feel bad for him. I don't know. It's a combo. It's a little it's bit a, of both. He's, he's bad. He's also, bad. He's by the bad. way, boys, 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 we can't forget this while we're recording. Danny, four years, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Answer free, four brother. Years. Love you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's been four years. It's crazy. I, I remembered because not... you mentioned before it was the last time we beat the Eagles. Right. I don't know. I don't know how that. I don't know how that tweet exploded to over a thousand likes over the weekend on Giants Twitter. But yeah, I don't know how that happened. But somehow, some way, uh, my friends at Talking Giants retweeted it, and then it just exploded. So I was like, all right, well, I'm getting a lot of love. Lawrence Giants even showed some love, which is cool. I've been talking. He's he's been talking to me on twitter through replies so that's been cool other than that yeah four years i'm very happy that's happy in a weird mirror but yes it's it's been a long four years but i'm happy that it's uh another four years got some love from uh, michael k today also on the yeah i know on, on twitter that was i mean that was as, yeah. that was as low as you can get for a twitter account reply. yeah that, that you, was, you got it whatever low-hanging fruit it I, was I, I, it was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I'll, I'll fully admit that. But, yeah, it's cool. Um, Yeah, Just, other than football. You like, got a baby, the... use him for something. Oh, for sure. You got to <laughs> pour out the baby. Baby and chicks. That's all. Everybody answers to chicks and babies. Yep. So, yeah. um, well, and dogs, I guess. You can put and dogs, yeah. Those are the top dogs. three. No one, yeah. no one cares about uh, men, so it's okay. Nope. Uh, um, What other football topics really there? Um, Packers. Yeah, Antonio Brown actually played two games. No. Yeah, so let's that, go over the I Packers. Don't know if he's gonna play suck. a third one. 
<laughs> Packers suck. I no, the they still won. They still won. Yeah, the Packers are back to having the their age old issue of they think home field advantage is a good thing. There's nobody there. I but it doesn't matter. <laughs> this, they've been a dome team for ten years. Go play in a dome. Please. At the next board meeting, then bring it up. I, I first first of all, <laughs> I will. I think the butcher is gonna have something to say about it though. Second of all, they they're the reasoning is always we'll make the dome teams come to us because they'll be less they'll be less comfortable. But like no, you're if, not comfortable either. If sir. you're the four you seed, you're going to thing, all the dome teams. <laughs> the funniest thing about Lambeau Field now is the field is warm as warmer warm. Like he has the heaters on the field now, yeah. so the playing, the playing aspect of things is not the same like it used to be. Listen, it was, the game was the score was a lot closer than the actual game was. They gave up a uh, kickoff, a punt return for a touchdown, right. and I, they really handled themselves fine. It's just, it was a little bit too close for comfort. And then the game ended on a fourth and twenty six, which always kind of gives me some bad memories for that. Eagle game all those years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yo, and I saw it was fourth and twenty six. I turned it on. I was like, oh, here we go again. Freddie fucking Mitchell. FedEx. Fuck Mitchell. Listen, and then I like, don't know what there's Andy Reid's got some sort of like chicken ten chicken cutlet chicken fried chicken voodoo thing going on where he just everything goes well for him. This is random. Like probably five years ago, my sister my stepmom were watching a show. It was like some like makeover show. Freddie Mitchell was on it, or like a dating show. Freddie Mitchell I was like, "What is Freddie Mitchell doing on my television right now?" I well, let's see. Joe furious. Joe Horn caught a pass, picked up a cell phone. Next thing you know, Jesse Palmer was on The Bachelor. It's... <laughs> There's a well. I mean, we talked about it when I watched The Bachelor for one week, and then never did anything else with it's, it. It's your it show. It is your show, Ben. I mean, I was supposed to do updates on that, and that never happened because it got went out of whack. I don't know what happened. I stopped paying attention. But the Packers won, and that's all that matters. That's how a roundabout way to say that. Um, there was it was weird that there was more like four o'clock games. It, it was very it like really it. is awesome. It, it was, was weird. so so they said that it was they were they it was set it up because of the masters. Yeah, right. The day that was set sense. up because of the masters, so they had to put a bunch of games on Fox. So they tried to get all the, like the NFC games going at one o'clock, right? And then throw on all the AFC games basically at two o'clock, so CBS can have more at four o'clock, so that CBS can have more because it was the final round of the masters. Right. They should start doing that more often. It Jim was Nance fun watching the Red Zone the for the Giants with more than three games, and the two games are, even though the two games are already on our check TV, it was fun watching Red Zone. You know, it's well, funny. Yeah, I didn't even put it on. I didn't even think about it. That's the thing. I, I usually at the four o'clock games, like because I have Red Zone on my computer and whatever game on TV, and it's like usually is nothing to watch on Red Zone because whatever's happening is on, is usually on the TV. Right. So it's like pointless. Yesterday, I mean, it was actually interesting. Jay, how are the people in Florida feeling about their uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Huh. Well, I mean, I could only speak for myself, um, even though I'm technically not a fan. But 
I mean, I, I do keep up considering uh, for fantasy purposes and, and to see how my old uh, Patriot compadres are doing. Um, do you hold a teddy but, uh, bear yeah. and cry when you watch him? You could tell us the truth. Um, you know, I, I pass by um, honestly old Brady jerseys that I have and just weep <laughs> before each. And, and I, <laughs> In all fairness, he wasn't that good the past couple of years. Well, I mean, I mean, he always – if you look at – the one horrible game they had last week against New Orleans, um, he had at least maybe five or six of those in New England throughout the throughout the years of just terrible games, like just just unreal like stats and just just ungodly losses uh, with with numbers like that. And then he'll come back and win like seven games in a row, and it's like it's forgotten. You know what I mean? But you know uh, now with the news and obviously I just found out getting on the line with you guys about Drew Brees. I didn't know. I didn't hear, you know, an update on it. I, well, I haven't looked either, it but it seems uh, like broken ribs. I think they said, and a collapsed yeah, lung. I could see with, with either, you know, Winston or, you know, between Winston and Taysom Hill, however, they decide to do that. If, if Brees million is not playing, even though he hasn't been playing his best football anyway, but I, is it safe to say the, the NFC, what is it? It's NFC South, right? That Tampa yeah. takes that over. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think. So. I mean, probably they they're a half a game back because the Saints haven't. I guess the, the Bucks haven't had their bye week yet, but the the Saints have also beat them both times now. So that yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how things go, but they're in the driver's seat to do it. I think, unless Jameis Winston, I don't know, plays good. <laughs> That, that that hurt coming out of my mouth. I shouldn't have said that. Is he going to eat W's before all the games again? Are we going? Are we if going he back? starts to eat a W in New Orleans, somebody will stop him. Things have in old Tampa Bay. People didn't stop things. People for things like that. Sean Payton will stop him, or like Alvin Kamara will just punch him in the face. Like somebody <laughs> will do something about it. You know what's super crazy about that game too? Yesterday, if you actually look at the stats, like in the first half, Alvin Kamara had negative rushing yards and touchdowns. But he had, like, two rushing touchdowns yeah. at one point. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I literally look to go look at my fantasy team, and I'm like, why does Drew Brees have, like, five points? And I look at Kamara had 20, but it was, like, four attempts for negative six yards and a touchdown. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> How do you run the wrong way and end up scoring touchdowns? <laughs> um, He's just know. that guy. I don't know. Alvin Kamara is just on a different – he's on a different level. And I mean, I'm not seeing what I'm not watching tonight's game, but I'm not sure what Dalvin Cook is doing. But he's another one that's just he's you know what I said field, he's almost untouchable. I said this when he got the year he got drafted. I wanted him to be a giant because I remember watching him at Florida State against Michigan that year before in the bowl game, and I was just like, wherever this kid goes, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a, a, a deadly beast. Because he was one of those rare running backs that wasn't getting used as an everything running back. Wide out, right. kick returner, punt returner in college. So his wear and tear was just basic running back. And I was just like, all right, this guy's got at least four to five years of greatness in, in the NFL. Being yeah, Francesca yeah. thought the same thing. And he makes it sound like no one's ever watched Dalvin Cook play college football. Well, well he, like, Dalvin Cook also got hurt thing. his He's rookie like, year. Yeah, I remember right. that. Missed most of it. Right, but like Francesca's is like, oh yeah, you gotta watch this kid Dalvin Cook if you never heard of him. He played for Florida State, Mike. <laughs> Everyone heard I love of him. That stuff. You gotta watch this kid. 
uh, Tom Brady. He plays for the Buccaneers. <laughs> Fucking franchise. I have Just a question. In case you haven't been watching football in 20 years. You know? Right. I have a question, and it, it this is going to, again, sound weird and hurt coming out of my mouth. Are the Raiders good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Ravens? No, the Raiders. Well, both. The, Raider, the Ravens, Raiders. I'm worried about. The Ravens, Raiders stink. They don't know how to throw the ball. The Raiders are 6-3. and three. Their car has got things going over there. Josh Jacobs is a beast. Yeah, but they all keep going out without masks, so. Oh, yeah, they're getting. I mean, if you were to <laughs> said what team's going to get fined the most, you were going to pick the Raiders. Gruden doesn't give a shit. Gruden's like, you all right. pick team, Gru- Gruden was inviting people into the locker room that aren't even on the team. The Raiders. The Ravens, okay, the, but the Ravens, after that game with the Patriots, I mean. And then Lamar is just telling people, like he just told Rich Eisen, he thinks people figured out their defense. I mean, their offense. And he's like, it, people are I mean, it's not that difficult well, to I mean, figure it out. It's not that difficult to figure out. <laughs> Your play is. Run, 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 run with you back. and then throw the ball in the air. The play is we put nine guys on the offensive line and you have to avoid two people. That's the play. So figure it out, bro. I don't know. I I think the Steelers are more looking more and more like they're gonna walk to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, looking, I don't know. Well, the Chiefs. At least the championship game. Oh, the but you have, can't forget about Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Steelers look do look really good, and that Steelers Chiefs Chiefs game, if they do end up playing in the playoffs, would be an epic one. Yeah. Do they play each other during the year or no? Uh, uh, I do not believe so. We're gonna look. The Steelers have the Ravens, the Washington football team, the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Browns left. Well, Kansas the, City, I know plays. Uh, Kansas that? City got the Bucks like either this week or next week. I think they have the Raiders coming up. I know that. Kansas they're, City, they're playing the just... Raver, the Raiders this week. The Bucks next week. They're playing the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders this week. The Bucks okay. next week. The Broncos, the Dolphins, the Saints, the Falcons, the Chargers. Looks like uh, the Saints can beat them. And obviously the Bucks. Those well, are the Raiders earlier in the year, huh? They did. In Kansas City. Right. In that Kansas. game was nuts. I mean, Kansas City has always been, you know, Offense is great, but the defense is kind of eh, kind of half and half. Like right. good days, bad days. But the way Pittsburgh is looking right now, the the defense is clicking and the offense is, is unreal right now. They, yeah. They're overall looking crazy. I would have never expected them to be nine and zero with just Juju Smith Schuster and Chase Claypool came out of nowhere. Chase Claypool. They still have a lesser chance of winning the division. Honestly, if you would have told me, like, the Steelers are good this year, the biggest surprise I would have had was Ben. Like, I thought he was cooked. Yeah, but they have enough targets for him to just, like, just put the ball there. Okay, so here's your question. Here's the question now. Now that Alex Smith's story has come full circle and he's starting again, who's your NFL comeback player of the year? Are you giving it to Ben or are you giving it to Alex Smith? No, you got to give Alex Smith. His leg almost got amputated. (laughs) Yeah, he was almost dead. He's only had two games. Let's see what he does the rest of the year. I think him just playing a game, I think he gets he, it. Honestly. The fact that he made the team was like dressed has, for a game. Can't feel his. It's the weirdest thing. They were like, 
Yeah, he has dead foot, so he wears a brace. You look up dead foot, he can't feel his foot. That is a brace help not feeling your foot. <laughs> I, yeah, he, he should not be playing. I don't know what – he shouldn't be playing, but he is. And he threw for 350 yards yesterday. And he has one touchdown pass. Uh, yeah, it's... he's probably – well, odds are he might not even play like he only, might not even play any more games. And I don't know. how much does uh, Haskins suck? <laughs> I mean, we I said I said now. that in college about him. I I know I know, but I can't trust fair. your opinion on Ohio State players though. Right, that's the problem. Uh, listen, I said it today to somebody. I was having a conversation with a customer of mine today. Oh, yeah, Joey Bost is great. I admitted that. No, I didn't say that. I said Justin Fields is going to be a better pro quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. I don't. That now you're just talking smart crazy. Uh, I'm calling it right now. Justin Fields I, will have a better career. I asked a Jet fan this yesterday, and the Jet fan is our buddy Devin. Would you trade your first overall, your first round pick right now for Joe Burrow? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I but would. Cincinnati's not stupid enough to do that. Marvin Lewis no, isn't there anymore. Not, but I would have. You're so you're saying this, the Bengals will, will be the ones that wouldn't do it because he said. His response was, no, I wouldn't do that because he thinks Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Joe. That I can agree but with. I, I can right, see that. My response I... would be, you know who what you're getting, first of all. You know you're getting a person, you know. you know. I just love Joe Burrow, so I would have said yes. I, he looks very good. Listen, they're building something in Cincinnati for the first time in a long time. Yeah, well, hopefully, Him, hopefully they win a playoff game. Very good, too. You know he's gonna have a hard time. Oh, I oh, hate bye, you, Cordell. Cordell Patterson. I hate him so much. Peace. Oop. Cordero Patterson just returned to kickoff for a touchdown for the Bears, and he's oh, only played God. like the Bears and Vikings in my life, and I hate him both. Bill Belichick used him as a running back for a year and got a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember that? That was annoying too. I think you beat us that, that year. Using yeah, Cordero didn't Patterson for Green Bay that night, with like three rushing he touchdowns. Definitely, take him did. Down. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> happened. That's yeah, like a hundred and six yards too. A team yeah, I was has legit. not been that able to carry tackle Cordero Patterson in its life ever. <laughs> oh man, I don't know who's been the Bears special team coach for like twenty years. What <laughs> <laughs> is like? Whoever teaches them how to block on kick returns, right? You would think people should know who that guy is. And like, maybe I'm simplifying things too much, but there has to be a lot of guys that are just fast that you can make kick returns, right? Like, like Jim, the, Devin Jabril has Peppers. Jabril Peppers is breaking one this year. I can't he did yesterday, and then the stupid guy ball. on the team got in his way. Cam Brown, just yeah, Cam Brown. <laughs> Bill Peppers, I'm like, he's gone, and then poof, he runs into his own guy. Yeah, I, I need to find a place where you can change nameplates, and I want Peppers on my Atlantic Con jersey. Because <laughs> <laughs> that jersey's too nice to not, not right. to wear. Just put a pepper emoji on a piece of tape on your back. <laughs> I did that with my Plaxico jersey after he shot himself. I turned it into a Jeff Fiegel's jersey. That's funny. <laughs> Ruined the hell out of that <laughs> The tape. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not reading. I'm not reading this jersey. Nah, just get the Chinese jersey of Jabril, and you'll be fine. Right. What else we got football wise? No, nah, nothing really. Just college got hit with COVID. 
whole bunch of COVID situations in college. I'm going to say the whole entire Michigan team has COVID and this year doesn't count. Yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. Jim Harbaugh uh, yeah. watched a practice before. Yeah, Harbaugh, Harbaugh has COVID. To push to play. He's got to go back to the khakis. Okay, so he doesn't wear khakis. He's gone, right? He's This is it. He's not coming back. It's going to be a mutual thing, and he's going to go to the Jets next year. That's what I said. He's going to the Jets. <laughs> What I actually the ultimate jet thing would be because I saw an article that said teams are interested, they're gonna hire Dan Quinn. Oh no, <laughs> that would so be a Jets thing. Oh no, that would yeah, definitely that would definitely be a Jets thing. They have an offensive of the coach fan base now. They're gonna be like, we need a defensive coach. Half the fan base did not want Gase to begin with too, and that's the fun crazy thing about it. <laughs> Yeah, but you're, fin- you're finally going to give this GM a chance to also pick his coach, so it's going to be okay. interesting to see. The scary, the crazy thing about it is Gase vouched for him, so that's the crazy thing about it. So it's like it's just a weird situation. That's probably why he still has a job. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, no one else is going to be able to like coach right. us. But yeah, that pick that... In the the Pats game, the pick by Flacco was picture perfect timing. Everybody's like, "Oh no, oh Flacco, yes!" All of all my Jeff friends were like, "Oh my God, yes! Please win it, Pats." I, I think they said like Gase, like the offensive coordinator, been pl- calling all the plays. And yeah, he Gase has called, called that like, play. Oh, go figure. Yeah, G- Gase was like, "We're taking a shot here," and then uh, shot. Call. Yeah, but then the Patriots ran, like gave the ball back. No, that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay and I had a whole phone call about how he had to breathe watching how he couldn't breathe during the jet game. <laughs> Yo, we made Jets him intentionally put like twelve people on the field. We made him look like the Joe Flacco that beat us in the AFC Championship back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal, cool Joe. Unreal. You got That's beaten crazy. up by. Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. <laughs> Frank Gore. Un, un, Frank Gore is like still, what is he, number three in rushing? Yeah, yeah I think he looked less, less weak. He's His like son's number... two years away from, from going pro, so he's got three years left in the league. That's not happening. There's no way. Frank Gore, my God. See, there's there, gets, there comes a time. Like, I think there'd be a lot of players who did this. But people just don't give him jobs. Why does he keep getting jobs? I don't get it. Because he's so. I think look Frank at what Ball he did, though. My fantasy team when I was 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the first times I ever did fantasy, he was like my top pick for running back. I remember being in high school and there was a guy wearing a Frank Gore Miami jersey. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. 11 years ago. The craziest ago. thing is he was the third string running back on it. Yeah, it was it was that. It was like he was like behind Clinton Portis and everything. <laughs> and Willis McGahey, rest, rest in peace, his knee. Oh, Willis McGahey. Yeah, that was that year. That was my my first, one of my earliest like memories of like a sports heartbreak. I love those Miami teams. It was like the first time I ever watched college football. Yeah, that was Jim Trestle in Ohio State. Ridiculous. And Craig Crinstall and what was the guy's name? Whatever. Maurice Claret. Oh, yeah, God. Maurice Claret. Unbelievable. Hey, look, her cousin's almost through another pick. Oh, boy. 
you pay that guy a like, hundred million dollars to play quarterback for your team. <laughs> it's that's I, they start showing their suckiness when they get paid. They're like, all right, well, I'm not going to win the Super Bowl anyway, so let me just get my money and just, just you know, call it in after that. You know what's super crazy about that too? About him is like, think about that year he got drafted. Him and RG three, the two headed monster going to Washington. Nobody knew why they picked both of those guys up. End of that year, great job picking up drafting Kirk Cousins a couple of rounds later. I, right. I want this is gonna sound cocky. I want things to be competitive in this division, but nobody knows how to get a quarterback. It's <laughs> the only one that does can't get out of its own way with everything else in the on the planet. <laughs> Matthew Stafford belongs Matthew in a bubble. Matthew Stafford's been the second best quarterback in this division my entire life. It feels like, <laughs> and he has been playing in the division your entire life. Oh, it's a fumble. Here we go. Okay. Did Cordell Patterson just fumble? No, it wasn't him. It was somebody else because he's tired. That would have been hilarious if Cordell yeah. Patterson fumbled. <laughs> Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website snsnapshots.com so if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project contact SN Snapshots as I lay me down to sleep lay me down I dream my soul is mine to keep my soul and never step outside this bed never into all the All right, so the uh, the special event part of the evening, 30 years of The Undertaker is, quote-unquote, uh, like uh, our good friend Jay and I had on our phone conversation last week, quote-unquote retirement party this week at Survivor Series. Um, the final farewell, sure. We'll see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the, the fact that they waited 30 years to do this and he never had a, a buried alive match to end his career is the most terrible way of writing a guy off like that <laughs> but before we get into that jay i gotta ask these guys are all getting let go because of different things i want to hear your thoughts being a wrestling guy should these guys be allowed to have their twitch pages youtube pages should they be allowed to do their own thing with social media off of away from the company but before you answer that can i ask a question about it yeah. Selena Vega made an OnlyFans page where she was not naked and they fired her. Who did? Selena Vega. Okay, but so the whole thing behind this is WWE saying they own their names, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, they they have intellectual property over their character. Uh, like if, like let's say Alexa Bliss it just came out on my screen right now. Um, let's say Alexa Bliss. Um. Now we newly engaged to Ryan Cabrera, by the way, talking about Rough. 1990s. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. But, uh, <laughs> but let's say like Alexa Bliss comes out and she decides to do a, a OnlyFans like Zelina did or a, like a Twitch like Paige does and stuff like that and uses the name Alexa Bliss instead of Lexi, whatever the hell, her, Kaufman, whatever her name is. Vince McMahon and WWE could easily say, well, you're going to make a nice chunk of change off the channel. You're going to get 
hundreds of thousands of subscribers. You're going to make money off of this. You're making money off of my intellectual property. So, which means I'm entitled to that money. So that's um, WWE's beef with the whole third party stuff, like the cameos, the the, the twitches, probably the YouTube channels, or the, all the streaming stuff that they do. Uh, a lot of these guys sign contracts, which is and and they sign on the dotted line saying they can't use those those names outside the company to make money. Um, now these guys are famous enough that their fans know who they are. They can use right. their real names and well, like Xavier Woods is a big like Twitch, I think Twitch guy, right? Or, yeah, and even Xavier Woods, Austin. he uses the name Austin Creed he, when he Austin, does stuff. Which is even not even his real name. Yeah. Yeah, he uses the the other alias for his up up down down channel and stuff like that, and right, it's very right, successful. Right. He doesn't call himself Xavier Woods, right. so he he went about it the right way, and he continues to have his channel to this day, um, which I'm sure he still works with WWE with that channel. I'm sure. Yeah, know, if you ever like he, see anything that he posts with it, a lot of it has to do with like he's wearing the shirts, he's wearing different things that helps promote WWE. You know, yeah, exactly. Paige is just half naked when she's playing video games, so hey. no complaints. No complaints at all. <laughs> However, I I do feel bad for them, and I think it's I think it's trivial. I think it's not a big deal. Vince McMahon has made enough money in his life that he doesn't need the the two percent of whatever these guys are going to make off of Twitch or or YouTube or whatever monetary gain they're going to get from it. But however, I mean, if you want to be technical, they signed on the dotted line, man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you can't feel too bad. You know, I mean, they, they agreed to this, so you can't really bitch or complain when your boss is like, listen, dude, you know, it's time for either me to collect or for you to jump off. And, you know, if they're going to continue to do what they're doing and just, you know, uh, against what the big boss tells you to do at any job, they're going to they're gonna take action against you. You know what I mean? Especially if you yeah. deliberately... After they tell you no, you make your little OnlyFans page for your little cosplay stuff, at least do it under your real name. Like I said, your face is recognizable. People know who you are. Your real fans will know where to follow you and know who you are. But if you're going to deliberately go against you know, McMahon, he's going he's gonna to take it out on you. So in a way, I do feel bad for these guys. You know, Paige was real emotional when she had to give up her Twitch and all that other stuff. She was like, you know, I broke my neck for the company, and at least they could let me do this, which I understand and I agree. But use your name, Soraya Knight. Don't go by Page. Why do you got to go by Page? Like I said, another one. You signed the contract, so well, you know. I feel bad, I, but I don't feel bad. Well, that was like what happened like, with Cody recently. With his name, he got the he he finally got the the rights to Cody Rhodes' name, right? For AEW. Yeah. So but like, it's because WWE puts those those trademarks on these. But someone like Paige, like she had, she had built up the tw- her Twitch channel, right? Can't she just change the name and just be like, the following's still there? Yeah, I don't see why not, unless WWE like the shut point, it down. I don't know. Shut it down completely. You know what right, I mean? Right, uh, which right. I don't know the full details behind it, but sure. I don't see why if you're not using the intellectual property, I don't know why they can't still do it. Because just for the just for shits and giggles, I went on the cameo site the other day and looked up WWE. And there was one profile in particular that just said inactive. And when I clicked on it, there was a bunch of MVP videos on there. So I was like, oh, Paige is still there. But it just says inactive, and it has a picture of, like, uh, what is the old 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 show? Like, uh, what's that old show? Uh, no, uh, Bunker. Uh, 
Archie, Archie Bunker. Bunker? Like an old a picture old, of like Archie old family, Bunker. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, it has that weird picture on there, but when you click on it, there's old old MVP videos of shout-outs and stuff like that. So a lot of these guys, a whole bunch of them, like the, like the legends, Mick Foley could still keep with his, and Kurt Angle, like the, a lot of the old legends, if you, I mean, what are they going to tell the legends, right? A lot right. of them still kept Those their guys show up parties. once a year. Exactly, exactly. But on-screen talent, you know, once again, I, I feel bad for what happened to Zelina because, you know, she stepped up from being just Andrade's mouthpiece manager to actually in-ring competitor. And I've seen Zelina Vega from 10 years ago when she was in Impact. She was in TNA. I've seen her in her rookie year all the way till now. And that girl, you know, she's a trained athlete. She's a wrestler. She's a, she's a good talker. She'll end up in AEW in a couple months. So but I say after the 90-day compete, so by February we'll see her in AEW. So, you know, I mean, I think it's, I think it's Patty, you know, let, let them do what they got to do outside the company, especially with there not being any house shows right now. You know, right. They're trying to make some side money. Out. It's like, yeah, right. exactly. that's my thing of all the times to shut it down. You're doing it like during these times. It's kind of, yeah. Well, the, the company's the mad. They're making money people during the pandemic yeah, while I mean, they were making a ton of money. We never, yeah, I, mean, I guess we never said Vince was a nice guy. No, he's a businessman. He, I mean, you know, he has love for, you know, for his guys, of course. But at the at the end of the day, he's he's you know he's the evil genius behind it all. He's he's a, he's made his money, you know. So he's he, at the end of the day, he's these guys' boss. He ain't a family. He ain't their family. You know that they treat each other like it. But it, and it goes to the point of the independent contractor thing. Everybody supposedly is an independent contractor. However can't work anywhere else you can't do anything you know what i mean it's a weird contract you know what i mean uh, i would love to see you know somewhere down the road if one of these ex-wrestlers actually you know show i mean i'm sure they can't because probably some legal action will come but i would love to see like a wwe contract like what does it say you can do even though you're technically not an employee it's crazy it's a crazy contract yeah it's just like there's so much they could have done with Selena too. Even putting her with Alistair, who's been basically nowhere to be found recently. Um, and I'm sure you've listened to. I'm sorry. I could see him asking for his release pretty soon. Um, Especially after that. And it's great because Jericho jumps right on it, and as soon as they get like let go, and it's crazy to hear what happens. Like I don't know. I'm sure you've listened. Uh, uh, Miro was on with uh, Jericho last week, or two weeks ago now. Um, on his podcast, just talking about how everything went down and how he was like, I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. They didn't care about me. I didn't care about them. They dropped the ball so much on Rusev. It, it, it's sickening. Even from when he was younger, when they fed him to Cena. I said the same thing last week. When, when you know, they could have done so much with that guy. He's a super athletic big man. He had the he had his wife who was a, a great looking woman who's a mouthpiece. She's annoying, you know. What I mean, the the Lana Rusev thing that they had a few years back was just awesome. They but they dropped the ball the same way they dropped the ball for years with Bray Wyatt years. But now wow. he's doing his thing with his you know Firefly Funhouse and he got the theme you know the split personality stuff. Bray Wyatt should have been running the place years ago when he had Luke Harper who's now in AEW 
Eric Rowan, who's nowhere to be seen. Um, uh, Braun Strowman, who's who's now just you know just a big a guy, regular, regular big guy. You know what I mean? He there's really no character to Braun Strowman right now. He's just there. You know what I mean? So the whole Wyatt family gimmick, and and we and me and Dan, I mean, years ago we went to the Garden where the Wyatt family and the Shield were were at the dark match after Raw, and the crowd was bumping. The Shield and right. the Wyatt family were the two biggest things the company had years back. And, you know, they fed one of those S.H.I.E.L.D. members down our throats for years, which is Roman, which, honestly, I, I think Roman's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, right I, I'm, I'm finally getting, I'm finally happy that he's finally getting his credit. Yeah, yeah, I think Roman's doing a very good job being an evil bastard and just pretty much, you know, uh, not necessarily, it's different from, from what the Hollywood Rock did in 2003, where he was just cocky or whatever. This Roman Reigns is just like, you know, I'm the man in this family, and 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 all of y'all are gonna fall in line. So eventually, all the Usos, once Jimmy is healthy, both Usos are gonna be at his side, and they're just gonna dominate SmackDown as as the evil Samoan clan or whatever they are. You know what I mean? You know, it's actually really interesting because it keeps turning into, and it's really all over the internet too that there's a real possibility you can see The Rock showing up at WrestleMania for this. Like pulling a yeah. rock, finally getting the rock Roman. A, it's in Hollywood. Yeah. And yep. B, Roman want that that could be the match Roman needs to finally get him. Like, holy hell, he just beat the Rock, but really it would be more of you just beat a guy who hasn't wrestled in fifteen. The years. Roman stuff kind of snowballed though. Like, people started not to like him, and then it just became the thing to not like him. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. And that's why I've so, always liked him. Roman had always had decent matches, but at the same time, uh, I... There's too many matches. I kind of disli- I, I disliked Roman Reigns before it was cool. So, like, when it was just starting that everybody just hated Roman just to hate him. Right. I mean, I had my reasons at the time. I mean, I felt like... Well, Alexa Bliss is about to kill herself. But, but, but yeah, whatever. Um, But, you know... He was like the silent majority of the Shield. Like you know, Seth Rollins was the kind of the the workhorse. Dean Ambrose was that hardcore guy with the personality who could talk. He was like the mouthpiece of the group, and and Roman was just the muscle. He'll say two things, believe or three things, believe in the Shield, and that's it. And 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 he'll just beat people up. But when you put you put that guy by himself, you know, the talking just wasn't there. You know. Right. He, it took him years. You, you remember a few years back when they feuded him with Cena for a short period of time, and Cena just buried him in the middle of the ring. Ripped him. That was the best. Oh, it was so bad. I think that was the night Danny and I were there. Cena was like, I, I, you should be in charge of this place, but I got to keep coming back because you can't do your job. If I remember, Danny and I, I think that was like right after SummerSlam, and I think it yeah, was in the Brooklyn. night after SummerSlam. And yeah. Danny and I were there, and we were just so pissed that the two of them were in the ring together. <laughs> like they had that Taker. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was really Roman's fault, but he had a match with Taker. No, that was Taker's fault. He's a yeah. I mean, yeah, Taker was done. We knew that, but it was like that was just garbage, and it just it wasn't his fault. It was such a bad match. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the thing is, you could blame like with the Taker Brock match. You could blame it on the fact that Taker got concussed halfway in. Right. But you can't blame that. On the Roman match, Taker was just out of shape, and just like the documentary, and 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 you can go a few episodes 
back on my show when Dan and I did our Undertaker episode. Taker's just he just wasn't there for that match. He just for some reason it, it you know it was a match that should happen. Taker should have just honestly for me, Taker should have retired after the streak ended. That that I think he should have just been done with that. But of course he needed to vindicate himself. He needed to come back and you know. Which then he had a he had a he had a match with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, which is pretty cool. And then after that, he figured, okay, he won his match. He got his he got his you know his due. All right, now he could go. No, he has to go to Saudi Arabia and have a match with Bill Goldberg, which was a nightmare. And then let's have another match in Saudi Arabia with 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 DX and Kane, and that was that was a disaster. Too. Yeah, terrible. When when Shawn Michaels at fifty seven years old has to carry the match because Triple H got injured, Kane got injured, and Taker is is out of shape, you're in bad you're in bad shape in that match. <laughs> but oh, you know, and the fact that Shawn was bald, I couldn't handle that. I was like, yeah, this is this is- bald. Shawn should not wrestle. Oh my gosh, I was like, oh man, it, it's just bad overall. So I mean. And and we'll get into our top five. I guess I guess we're leading into it since we're talking Taker. Um, but yeah, thirty years, man. I mean, I remember. I mean, it's crazy to think that when Taker debuted, I was four years old. <laughs> it's unreal. It's I remember. I remember going to a house show with my dad and grandpa, and the lights went out, and I was like, "What is happening right now?" And I was probably like five years old, <laughs> and I was like petrified. Had no idea what was going on because it was like when like when I first started watching, and it wasn't what, like was Taker in, was a headliner yet. Was that like uh, Nassau or something? Yeah, it was that like the Coliseum, and Taker wasn't like a headliner yet, and he really wasn't like when I would watch, he really wasn't being seen. Like, you never really had that, and that was the first time I ever felt like it in person. And I remember being like, "Okay, this is petrifying." Like I'm five years yeah. old, <laughs> but that's like what it was supposed to be when he first started, which was great. Like I, looking the first time back I at... saw Taker live, it was like a, it was a Garden House show back in like ninety two or ninety three, and the, he was doing like the, the house show loop with like uh, Yokozuna. So that, that first time I saw him live, he, he in the Garden he wrestled Yoko, and then uh, I haven't seen him live really often in like the past you know twenty something years. I mean obviously if you count the Manias and stuff like that. Yeah, we saw him at that one. The one mania versus CM Punk that's on my list. That was good. That was a good match. That, that was that would have been a good match to, to end it also. Cause Punk Punk put on a good show with Taker, and then after with that, the, and that was Paul the Paul Bearer year. Yeah, yeah, that was when Paul died. Yeah. yeah, well, which is interesting because today I saw two documentaries on the network. Just yeah, the Brothers of Destruction I saw last night it was pretty yeah. good. I didn't watch the Paul Bearer one. The yeah. Paul Bearer one was Paul better. Bearer I didn't like the Brothers of Destruction one as much. I mean, they didn't really talk about anything that I didn't already know. Right, right. right. Like, but I was still expecting cool. at least one gem of knowledge out of that. But it was, was kind of like, cool. eh. It was still cool. There should have been, like, more. I felt like there could have been more to it. They're it like, hey, the idea came of, oh, we have a cool story here. Okay. Oh, it was only supposed to be like a month run. Oh, okay. Turned into 20 yeah, exactly. years. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Now tell me now some now, now throw something different. I think they were just harping on that one gem that they feel like nobody remembers when Taker debuted, he was Kane, but but a lot of people will probably, you know, unless you're a hard not a hardcore fan, you probably wouldn't know that Taker was originally Kane the Undertaker. 
But besides right. that, I, mean, I think that's the only gem of knowledge they feel that they threw in there that a lot of people might not know about. But I mean, I, I remember that from like 15 years ago, seeing an old like uh, when YouTube was in its infancy, someone posted an old cassette tape quality showing of you know Undertaker coming out as Kane right before his actual pay per view debut at that Survivor Series. Um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, uh, with them, with the continuity of them. You know, the Taker used that name for for his dead brother, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. You know, but, but besides that, I mean, you know, there's nothing really in in that Brothers of Destruction documentary that you know that they said that I didn't know. It was just good to see them talking, like 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 I think like Dan said, it was just cool to see them. But um, you know, I mean, the Last Ride documentary was was probably you know it was on was on par with you know one of the better documentaries I've seen this year. No, for sure, for sure. Um, but might as well get into the list because I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of topics that that are gonna interchange and overlap for to getting onto the the, the show. So who wants to go first? I'll kick it I off. usually go first. You'll kick it off. Okay. So off. Steve, we'll start off with number five. So Top number taker five moments slash matches. So I put for number five the entire darkness of ministry segments, like that entire run. Because that was like the first time I was really getting into wrestling. And you had DX, you had The Rock coming up, and it was just, and Stone Cold too. And everybody was involved with it. And between the, you know, going to marry Stephanie and hanging, uh, take uh, Austin over the ring and, and Big Boss Man, hanging Big Boss Man and. Uh, I'm still shocked how they did that. I'm still (laughs) right. You you hung a 350 pound man on a string from the hell in the cell, and and he didn't die. I was like, oh, how'd they pull that off? (laughs) (laughs) Where, who, yeah, but they dropped. Oh, but they dropped Owen Hart. (laughs) (laughs) They dropped Owen Hart, but you can hang a guy and be fine with it. You can hang. You can hang a big guy like that, and he's still alive. Well, not now, but I mean, back back then he survived. He survived that, but but like those whole that whole thing of not knowing what he's gonna do next, just like, and everything yeah. just kind of worked. Bringing in the Brood and and Farouk and uh, Bradshaw, and just everything just worked during that that run, and I thought it was just like yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen. He was a evil bastard during that run too. He was just right. His character just transformed into like you know, I am you know the Lord of Darkness. Like if he yeah, came my my right cousins backyard. My, my cousins couldn't watch wrestling for a long period of time because of that Undertaker. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure from all the sexual innuendos from DX and Stone Cold giving. Oh no, yeah, and, and, yeah. I think and, he uh, like that. Take, Taker was the clean part of the show. Sure. Taker was right, the no, clean part when he would cut them, people open. Yeah, you're right. All three of them, yes, but that was like the final, final straw. Oh my God! Uh, oh, on I a separate mention, note, I forgot like, to apparently Adweek has named Stephanie McMahon the most powerful woman in sports. And I, and I just forgot to mention we all are gonna have we all this all excludes the uh, mankind McFoley hell in the cell yeah. because I oh, yeah, 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 forgot about that for hours. At some point tonight. Yeah. Because, so, all right. I mean, so who's up with number five? Who's next? I'll go. All right. 
so like I mentioned before, I might have mentioned this off air, I forget. My wrestling now, my wrestling uh, history is it's a small window. So there, most of these are pretty personal, at least two of them are. So this one was just, it was a house show with a coliseum. It was probably at the time where they were still, it, ACW was still part of the brand. So it was like a Tuesday, they were taping uh, SmackDown and then doing ECW. Mm. And it was just, he did all three of his entrances. So you got the regular entrance, you got the lights go off and he pops up entrance. And then he ran in for one because it was like a, a run in at the end of a match. <laughs> so like it was, you got the three entrances of Taker and it was cool. The lights going out thing was awesome. So it's like, yeah, that's that stood out to me. And, you know, this was like, I don't know, 2008, probably 2007-ish. Yeah, that was around that time that they had that ECW They still had ECW, show. yeah. All right. I did matches. Um, okay. I, I, I did top five matches, but if we talk about genres, I'll hop in with everybody else. But I did uh, specific matches. So the first match is uh, the CM Punk Taker WrestleMania 29. Uh, it's a very solid match like we just talked about before. The reason why I have it on the list because that was the only real Taker, um, only the real Taker stuff that I actually saw in person that I was cognizant of actually enjoying. There was other couple house shows that I saw when I was younger and a couple Raws, but nothing really stood out other than being at WrestleMania watching Taker the year before he loses uh, his his last win in the streak against CM Punk. Um, that storyline with Paul Barrett, CM Punk did an amazing job. Um, that that match, like we mentioned in Jay's podcast and during the summer, Taker's better matches were with smaller guys that were able to carry him through the matches and make him look good. So CM Punk, no different there with CM Punk being one of the better technical, smaller, quote-unquote smaller wrestlers in that. So Taker guts his win right there. So that's my number five. Yeah, that was that was a good one for sure. And 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 piggybacking off of, uh, I'm actually I was gonna pick a lot of the older stuff, but I, one highlight from his last run, I'm actually gonna put number five the the match he had with AJ at WrestleMania this year. It was I was entertained by that the the boneyard match that he had. Um, it was different. It was different. At first, I didn't like it, and then it took it took me a couple times rewatching it to enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I mean, it's it it it's something that Paul Heyman used to always say about ECW. He would say, "I didn't have the money that that Vince or or Ted Turner had for WCW. He didn't have all the lighting and all the pyro and all that stuff." So he would always say, uh, "Um, highlight the positives and hide the negatives." Taker right now, what's the negatives? He can barely move. He, can, he can't really wrestle. He can't really put on a, mm. a long match right now. But you put on a cinematic performance, he could do that. He can have a fight. He can yeah. put on a show. And that's exactly what they did with AJ Styles. Now, AJ right now, even in his 40s, could have a match with anybody sure. and, and put on a great show. But you put someone like that. In but AJ match, can talk, too, so it like kind of bounces out that of also. movies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then you you threw in Gallows and Anderson before they got shipped off, <laughs> and they were a part of that too. Um, but I, I just felt like that match, along with the, I want to say the Bray Wyatt Cena match, was that night also, 
mm-hmm. which was very entertaining also. It was weird. It was kind of like an acid trip. It was strange, yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Bray did one move the whole match and one. But still, that's another topic. Um, but yeah, I felt like for number five, it'll be pretty much the final match unless they do something with this final farewell thing where he'll probably have a match at Survivor Series. But if not the case, then Savio Vega is going to be at Survivor Series. You never know what's going to happen now. I'd say the only reason Savio Vega is there is because he was part of Taker's gang that he had back in the day called BSA. I'm pretty uh, sure he's also like one of four guys that are still alive from that group. <laughs> yeah, him, Godfather, um, uh, obviously Yoko's dead. Um, another guy that was in that group was, I think, Henry Godwin. Yeah, they said the Godwin brothers are going to be there, too. No shit, did they? Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, his whole crew besides Yoko is pretty much going to be there. Which um, I'm actually looking at a photo actually on my desk over here. Um, when I used to go to house shows, my grandfather would get like this the floor seats that came with a pre pre uh, pre card meal or whatever, and you got to meet different guys. One of the times yeah. was the Godwins. <laughs> pretty cool though i mean i remember them i mean my favorite ones up there of me meeting kevin nash and just having a staring contest with him and while he was sitting there that's the coolest moment ever wrestling wise for me but yeah but i mean for my number five i'll just put probably his his final match just for the the memory of that's the last thing he did and and you know it was pretty entertaining okay so number four Hold on. Number four for me, I just put that. I couldn't pick one. The every, all his entrances at WrestleMania, like that, just became like all the. They always do cool things with entrances, especially the past like ten years or so. But for him, with the Druin, it all started in I think was it ninety eight. It was the first year they had him coming down with the Druins. If I remember correctly, yeah. it was at 97, the, 98. Uh, been one of those, probably the match with Kane. Yeah, the Definitely match with Kane. He had the guys with the flames and all that coming yeah. down to the ring. Like, yep. ever that since awesome. that moment, you always had, always knew that there would be some sort of awesome mm-hmm. moment for him walking. You had, a, you, no matter what was happening, how, no matter how, even how bad Mania could be, you had to wait till his entrance. You had to see yeah. his entrance always something awesome i don't know if you remember i forget which match it was that he had um it was one of the more recent ones uh i, I think it was one of the matches he had with triple h that was back to back um he actually came out to that johnny cash song ain't no gray oh my body yeah that was like he was he went out and that would they kept playing that song like um I don't know. I, th- I feel like he was hurt and like out, and that, that was like the they they used that as like a promo for like months and stuff. Yeah, but then that was pretty dope. Yeah, that was my number four. Who's up next? Did I go next? I think I did. Yeah, it's you're next. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the Hell in a Cell match he had with uh, Edge. Oh. I don't. I don't remember what. I had it and I lost what what I, um pay per view it was at. I think it was SummerSlam, but I could be wrong. Is that where he choke slams him through the ring and fire? Yes, yes, that they one. had the dramatic. Yeah, 
yeah. you wonder how Edge survives the flames. Yeah. I don't know how Edge survives anything he's ever done in his life. <laughs> he, I you love know, Edge. Dating Lita, how do you survive that? You know. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that'll kill you in itself. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Um, again, I mean, I guess Edge is a smaller guy, but more of an agile guy. Yeah, yeah. Edge is rather tall. I think he's about 6'5". Sure, but like... In the high flyer mold. I mean, probably at the time they had that match, he wasn't. But still, like we said, he's crazy, so he'll do anything, and it works. Yeah. That was around the time that he was on some serious roids, and he was about to get (laughs) to 65 of just juice. Yeah. You could always tell, like, when Triple H was, like, fat out of nowhere. (laughs) Like, Edge was fat out of nowhere. It was like, wait a minute. A year ago, you were, like, yeah, a twelve pack. What the heck happened? I was like, oh, he's off the juice. <laughs> right. All right. My number five. I had to put him on the list four. somewhere. I, well, four. Sorry, number four on my list. I had to put him somewhere since we already excluded one match with them. Um, it was either the brawl, a brawler room brawl, or the buried alive match. So I'm going Taker Mankind buried alive in your house. 1996 in October classic match Undertaker wins but Undertaker gets knocked out cold by a Drew uh, a random person with a mask and get from who (laughs) executioner thank you and then was Jesus uh, the late Terry Bam Bam Gordy former fabulous Freebird but a classic Vince McMahon move he puts a former famous guy under a mask so no one sees (laughs) yeah makes sense he takes on, <laughs> buries him alive, and under the famous Undertaker's hand coming out of the grave. Classic moment. Uh, Gold Dust. I think Gold Dust helped him too. Like a lot of them came out and were yeah, like a bunch of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of them. That happened that after um, after Yokozuna beat him in the casket match too. Yeah, it took like ten of them. You the, had like uh, Jeff Jarrett was Jeff in that. Jeff Jarrett. You had Diesel. The Head Shrinkers. You had a whole bunch of them come out and beat the crap out of the Undertaker and put him in the casket. That was that was Survivor Series. That was actually... No, no, sorry. That was Royal Rumble 94, and then they had a rematch casket match at Survivor Series 94, and Taker had Chuck Norris in his corner. Yeah, <laughs> Chuck Norris... It makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> oh, man. That's when uh they were promoting Walker, Texas Ranger, because it was on the USA Network at the time. <laughs> All right, like Jay. Good marriage. You're number four, sir. So, my number four is Undertaker defeating Hulk Hogan for the WWF title at Survivor Series '91. Um, it was interesting because Taker's only been in the company for a year, and he's already in the main event with Hogan, and uh, he pins him, which is uh, with the help of Ric Flair. The help of Ric Flair with the chair, stoned him on the chair, and uh, Hogan didn't really get pinned that much it was a very rare occurrence um before taker hogan got pinned by ultimate warrior at wrestlemania 6 then before that he got pinned by andre the giant at a saturday night's main event and before that he probably didn't get pinned at all um so it was it was a very rare thing to see seeing uh hogan get pinned by by a young guy you know that i guess uh but it was just a one-off because taker lost the belt like a few days later back to hogan um, Hogan obviously had to get his belt back, but um, 
but it was just a cool thing to see. Back then, Taker was, you know, the zombie. You couldn't really do anything to him. Every time you hit him, he got right back up. You know, he had a... Uh, and, and it's funny, the one thing that he did say in that Brothers of Destruction documentary is that his character was based on Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, so that made a lot of sense. Um, that's the first time I ever heard anybody say that about his, you know, zombie-like character from back in the day. But uh, the mannerisms, the way he'll sit up, it's classic Michael Myers, so that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, so I picked a, a very young redhead Undertaker beating Hulk Hogan for the WWE title. Okay, uh, so my number three, what do we have here, number three? Oh, I saw this one the other day, uh, watching some classic Taker stuff. Armageddon 2000, Rakishi, off the Hell in the Cell. <laughs> onto the hay bed? Oh, onto the hay bed. That was when Rakishi was the bad guy to everybody. Because that was the like thud. that was like the that year after baby. he ran over Austin. Did it for the rock. I did it for the rock. I did it for the rock, and yeah, <laughs> and I just remember them standing up there, and I'm like, "Yep, rest in peace, uh, Rikishi. You're about to be killed." If if Rikishi would have fell awkwardly or wrong and hit like the side of the truck, that would have been so bad. That, it could have that could have ended so badly the way he fell and just like he just shoved him. And I'm like, that's a large human being to just shove off a that's cell. Huge, because Mick Foley is a Mick Foley is a big man. He, I mean, close to 300 pounds. But he'll jump oh, himself. Rikishi is an extra 150 pounds to be just flopping to the ground the way he did. Like you said, Taker didn't like just grab him and launch him or Rikishi threw himself. He literally just shoved him off, and he landed perfectly on his back. Oh, you know, you know that that could have ended so much worse but they pulled it off so it was pretty cool it was a cool visual uh my number three i think i said this is gonna be number two before it's number three it's a punjami prison match (laughs) just because that structure looks so goddamn cool against the big show it was the great american bash in 2006 what and just I don't know. Awesome. I like the, the, the I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Special matches. Yeah, we'll just go special. Like cages and, uh, you know. Like a gimmick match. Gimmick is the word I was looking for. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. So that was my number three. All right, my number three is uh, HBK. This is uh, one of two times HBK is going to be on my list. Uh, number three is HBK Taker, WrestleMania 25. WrestleMania 25 was so good that they had to make WrestleMania 26 career over a streak match, but 25 was a complete classic and better match than the next year's in WrestleMania. We always have that famous gif of Undertaker stunned after HBA kicked out for a no- number of times of, like, what do I have to do to beat him kind of thing? So that that was always a good match in my mind that I would I could go back and watch over and over again. And that second tombstone where Taker jumped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he literally dunked Sean like a basketball. That second tombstone. He was like, 
That was a uh, yeah, I agree. That that first match at twenty five was definitely better than the than the career ending match. But um, yeah, two back to back just good matches by two veterans. It's not like you know, three of them were young. You know what I mean? But that was right. And right after those two matches, he had two matches with Triple H, which were kind of like eh. And then he had the match with Punk. But uh, the, the two Michaels matches and the Punk match, those that five year span was really highlight um you see I'm, I'm gonna mention a match with michaels as well but it's not gonna be any of those two uh i know the helen the cell um mick foley match gets a ton of the credit and a ton of praise which deservingly so that's actually the, my number one. Oh, okay <laughs> because of the craziness that mick foley did to himself in that match um but i'm gonna pick the the first helen the cell with uh with hbk yeah um, that's that, that's but, my number one yep yeah, Bad Blood in Your House, 97. Um, DX was in its infancy at the time. Um, they didn't even have their DX theme song. Shawn Michaels was still right. coming out. Boy. Um, here's a little sidetrack. Mark Henry is in the Thunderdome, which is pretty funny. Um, I, saw, I saw that. Um, it's like... He's in one of the screens. You see his big dome over there, which is pretty funny. Um, Sexy chocolate. But yeah, you had uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, and... and and uh, Ravishing Rick Rude um, part of that group at the time. And they were just starting to to be a little bit more racy. They were starting to do that classic DX, you know, stuff. But uh, this was a new match that was that was created, built for The Undertaker. And uh, just like the casket match before, uh, like in its previous incarnation, the Hell in the Cell became now the new Undertaker match to, to end the feud or to continue a feud. Um, but yeah, the match was pretty good. Shawn Michaels had a few high spots as well, falling off of the cage to a table and all that stuff. Um, and it did lead to the debut of of Kane, of the Kane character at the end. He ripped the door, the classic Vince McMahon, it's gotta be Kane, it's gotta be Kane, you know. Um, and, you know, Shawn Michaels wins the match with the help of The Undertaker's, uh, you know, little brother, little big brother, because Kane's bigger than bigger. Um, especially back then. Um, but yeah, so Hell in the Cell, Bad Blood 97, that's my number three. All right, cool. So my number two here, Judgment Day 2000, Iron Man match. He's not even in it, but him coming out as Biker as biker Taker for the first time. Mm-hmm. Just having those little kids just like doing that saying and nobody knowing what's going on. And out of nowhere, you just hear Jim Ross being like, Undertaker! And it was just like, all right, this is awesome. I'm it's the Iron Man Triple H and The Rock, right? Correct, with Michaels as the guest referee. Mm-hmm. And Taker cost The Rock the match. Yeah, by hitting Triple H, yeah. By, mm-hmm. by beating up Vince and the corporation. And hitting Triple H while Michaels was still Shane looking. Shane McMahon, the longest, highest one-arm choke slam I've ever seen. <laughs> right. So that was the beginning of the ba- the biker run that he went with, which if you watch, like we talked earlier, Brothers of Destruction, he said, like, if it wasn't for that run, his career was probably over earlier. Like, he needed that. to adjust the Undertaker. Because I don't know how you continue that dead man character into the early 2000s without, be, without it yet. being seen as gimmicky or weird or, you know. 
because it was changing. You had pure wrestlers now coming up. You had Kurt Angle, had, you know, your, uh, you know, his name is Taboo, but you have your Chris Benoit's, you have your Eddie Guerrero's, um, and with a mix, you still had Jericho. You, you had a group of guys now who were more just on the athletic side of things and, and grappling side of things. Wasn't a lot of goofy characters. Like a lot of those characters from the 90s were dead and gone by then. Um, so it would have been Taker needed to evolve into something more relatable, more human. And, you know, this is who he is on the outside. So, you know, it was a good move for him to do. He did it for two and a half years, and then he went right back to the Dead Man character, which everybody missed and, you know, welcome back with open arms, you know. So he, he made the right choice on that. Uh, my number two is, Danny mentioned them before, the, the back-to-back WrestleManias with HBK. Those, I mean, the two of them working together was always the best. Um awesome matches and just great moments in general. So, yeah, definitely. We said most of it about it already, but those two. Right. All right. Uh, my number two is the second Triple H WrestleMania moment. That was another career versus streak. Even, granted, he wasn't Triple H's quote-unquote last <laughs> match, but it was a Hell in a Cell oh, match. End of an era match. End of an era match. Yeah, it was a hell in a cell with HBK as the special guest referee. A classic match for the sheer fact of the ending of all three of them hugging at the end of the night, and um, everybody thinking would this be it for Undertaker? It was supposed to be for Triple H, but we all know that wasn't the case. But um, (laughs) there was a lot of speculation of what's going on between the three of them and the way they all acted non-kayfabe for that split moment, which was rare for The Undertaker. So that's my number two moment. Yeah. Now, for two and one, I'm going to just go with um, uh, with feuds at this point because, I mean, he's had so many good matches with guys. I mean, you know, Triple H, Rock, Austin, a whole bunch of these guys. Um, so, with, with two and one, I'm gonna just go with, with, with feuds. But number two, I'm gonna just go with his feud with Mick Foley. Um, I feel like um, the Mankind character debuted the night after WrestleMania 12, after the match that Taker had with Diesel. You know, afterwards Kevin Nash going to WCW, creating the NWO, and the rest is history with that. Um, but Mankind made his debut the night after attacking Undertaker, and 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 a lot of people knew. Mankind was right off the bat. It took me a little bit, being a little kid, to realize that that was Cactus Jack. Um, <laughs> um, but um, but Mick Foley, you know, like you said, the Boiler Room Brawl match where Paul Bear actually betrayed Undertaker, joining Mankind, which was a big deal. Um, Paul Bear was a big part of of Undertaker as well. He'll be like that would kind of, and it shouldn't be, but Paul Bear would probably be like an honorable mention for me because Paul Bear was such a big part of the undertaker from the beginning all the way all the way till he freaking died sporadically you know what i mean but um but yeah the feud with foley you know the hell in the cell being put to the side you know the boiler room brawl matches the all the matches that they had and it, it was built that mankind was the only one really that was able to beat taker the first few matches and then taker finally got a win on him and and it was just a great feud overall those two meshed very well together and you know 
I'll pick I'll pick Mick Foley overall as my number two. All right, so my number one. Um, Danny mentioned it. The end of the era match. Uh, Taker mentioned it in his uh, documentary, The Last Ride. How that's one of the most iconic moments of our childhood. Just the three of them standing on the top of the stage. Um, you know, they always talk about wrestlers going like kayfabe in the middle of matches and like, you know, breaking character in, in moments. And the three of them just, that was just the perfect moment for them to all just break character and just be the, and just go up to the stage and just turn around and just stare at everybody. And honestly, the three of them should have just walked away from that at that moment. And nobody would have I, ever complained. I agree. I mean, uh, Triple H being an on-air character as the authority figure, I can deal with. But as a wrestler, I mean, yeah, the guy's always in shape and all that stuff. But, you know, I could have... He could've never wins. With... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I could have dealt with all three of them, like I said, just being gone after that. But in terms of, you know, Triple H having to be the COO or... Or just being the, the uh, he wasn't the man of NXT at that point either. So if if down the road he would have just been the NXT guy, I would have been good with that. You know, I, I could deal with Triple H not being on my screen, even though, you know, the few matches he did have afterwards, like, you know, he had the match with staying at WrestleMania, which is pretty cool, and, you know, and all this other stuff. But, you know, yeah, I could have dealt with all of them being gone. Um, so my number one is, I mean, I, I probably wasn't the, his best match, but it was, I'm still my number one because it was there and because it was a fun moment and that was Mania 29 against Punk. I mean, it was a very good match. I thought it was the match of the night, especially when uh, The Rock got hurt or something. I don't know. Something happened yeah. in The Rock scene, a match that he, that he, they think had to, back some crazy yeah. like that. But there was uh, just it's my one of my favorite moments, just wrestling wise, is the match before was a crappy match. I don't remember what it was, and then there was like supposed to be another match, or we all get the timing. I don't know, but there's a bunch of people in the concourse waiting like online to to whatever get food or whatever, and then all <laughs> of a sudden you hear the bell hit and everybody runs off the line. <laughs> it was like a like a uh, a parade of people, like a, the running of the bulls back to their seats, and it was just, it was hysterical. I was obviously one of them, but like I, w- I had just gotten my stuff, and I start walking back, and the bell goes off. I'm like, damn it! And I had to run back to my seat. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a, it was a cool moment, and obviously I thought it was a very good match in the match of the match of the show. Yeah, I want to say the match that was before that was Triple H and Brock. I want to say. And well, then I was, that match I was went thinking, long. I don't know why I would have gone. I was looking at the card, and like I don't know why I would have gone before. It looks like the match before was, according to Wikipedia, was Del Rio and Jack Swagger, which I would have gotten definitely. Oh, yeah. But everybody was at the concession stands during that. Right, that's what that's what it was. And I was like, I guess maybe we thought the Brock the, the Triple H match was going to be next, so it wasn't like a hurry to get back for an intro or something. I don't know. But it's Triple H, which should have known it was going to be. What a train wreck Del Rio ended up being, huh? Oh. The the other thing I remember a lot about that night, and I don't, I just, I felt really bad for Jericho, 
because he had to wrestle Fandango, and Fandango had no idea what he was doing. And lose. That was Fandango's uh, first night. Too, but he, you see on his face after the match, he was like, I just have to put that motherfucker over. He has no idea what he's doing. I mean, it's so bad that, that I mean, I mean, and no, no disrespect to Fandango or anything like that, but, like, he's on NXT now. And I yeah, right. <laughs> And it's like, bro, you you've been a pro for like twenty years, and 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 you're just hitting your. I mean, whatever. What's going on? And he just Maybe won his first out. title. Yeah, his first title in the company. He's been in the company fifteen years. Listen, Damn, right. the, the song and the dance thing was hilarious. I loved it, bro. But he it was be. that night. It was that night. No, 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 no. My bad. It was, it was the, the night, night. Yeah, it was the night after Raw. He beat Jericho. I went to Raw. I took Izzy with me to Raw that night. I think it was in Newark. I want to say it was in the Izod. No, no, it was the Izod right next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was in the Izod. And and we're watching it, and, and that was the night that, that Ziggler cashed in his money in the bank, you know, every big, big thing or whatever. But then when the show was over, people just kept singing damn Fandango song. And I was like, what the hell is going it was on? It a famous so Fandango catchy. night. What a turn of events of music in this episode. Oh my gosh, bro. Yo, people were doing it on the train. People were doing it on the bus. Yo, people were walking in Manhattan doing it. I was like, yo, this dude just became a star. And then it was a great bit. He couldn't do shit. That was a fun night. That, that was just a fun weekend. I remember I did the expo, and um, I think the Nets had just went to Brooklyn, and I met the Bella Twins, right? And um, I go up to Nikki, and, and she's like, oh, the Nets are in Brooklyn now? And I was like, uh, yeah. And then <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was like, um, yeah, they are. Hmm? They're on my hat. Yeah, yeah, they're there. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Just sign my paper. I just want to get out of here. You ruined it. That's weird. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was just a cool weekend overall. That was a good one. That was one for the folks for sure. So, Dan, uh, I think you shouted out your number one earlier, right? Yeah, you, you shit it on my number one. Um, <laughs> Number one was uh, Hell in a Cell, the first Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell with Taker and HB Gay. Um. Yeah, it was a early day DX. The early early days of DX. They didn't. He came out to HBK's uh, theme music. Um, very young Triple H, Rick Rude, like you mentioned, in China, and it was Kane's the debut of Kane and him basically kicking ass and taking down a, a chair. I mean a door and being able to come in and take care of Undertaker. Granted, it was a loss, but it was still a memorable, memorable moment. Like you, they said in the Brothers of Destruction uh, special, it was Kane was only supposed to be there for like a month or two, and it turned into a 20-year career. So with that That's being weird. said, that, that was my number That's one. Weird that they wanted it as a, as, a, as a one-off, considering, you know, it's a crazy story. Like, What would they have done? Turned him right back into Isaac Yankum? What were they going right. to do with him after that? There's no way he would have had a job after the after if they only did that a month. Yeah, if that was just gonna be a one off, they would have they would have sent him away or you know. And a, a funny thing with Kane, I know we're talking <laughs> Taker. Well, bless you. It's, 
the funny thing with Kane is all Kane did when he first came into the WWE, like the first year, he would just come into matches and just choke slam people like every chance he got. And I was at a, a raw when I was at the Coliseum and he, all he did was just choke slam everybody. It was awesome. <laughs> like, and he oh, used to wrestle with that red light on. Right. Like we, the fiend, like the way the, the fiend, fiend did it. Came, they yeah. had him wrestle on that red light. That's a, That's how, the first few Kane matches was. It was in that red light. Like, eh, I wonder, you know, he has a mask on. It's hard to see or probably, you know, to begin with. And then you're going to wrestle in the dark. It's interesting. Right. But, um, What's but your yeah, number? I mean, my number one is Kane himself uh, to go with gimmicks because of all the guys that Taker has had throughout his career, um, besides Paul Bearer, I think, Kane character is is most most linked to Taker um, from the debut in '97 to all the way to to recently to you know to the garbage match in Saudi Arabia. I mean, you know, they started out with the whole story of how Taker murdered his family by burning the the cemetery down and stuff like that, and Kane got trapped and got burned and buried alive and all that stuff. And supposedly Paul Bear uh, helped him survive and kept him alive all those years. Supposedly it came out later on that Paul Bear was Kane's father, which is interesting. You know, that supposedly Taker's mother was a whore and cheated on her husband with Paul Bear and had Kane and all this other crap. There were some <laughs> sick turns they took in that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> you remember they talked about in the in the documentary when they, when he choke slammed him through the the. The caskets, his mother and father's caskets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite uh, things is when, uh, when, when they, and they showed it in the documentary, too, when at the Royal Rumble, and I saw it live, when he had that casket match with Michaels and, and Kane betrayed him and put him in there and lit it on fire. And that, when, I, when I first saw that, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Another, you know, how to take your survive. <laughs> <laughs> it was another one of those, like you killed the other wrestler, but but they come back like in a week or two and get their revenge. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, besides Foley and, and Taker's had many feuds with many guys, uh, legendary dudes. But um, I think Kane is just you know just embedded with the Undertaker character, and uh, it's just cool to see because both of those guys were like kind of enhancement talent to WCW back in the early early. You know, late '80s, early '90s. Um, you know, and Taker, Taker. I don't know. I, I know for sure Kane wrestled Sting in WCW. You know, as Glenn Jacobs or Bruiser Mastino, if I remember correctly, was his character in WCW. But I, I don't remember ever uh, seeing Mark Callis wrestling Sting. So for all the people that were dying for Sting versus Taker, you probably won't even find it in WCW when they were young either. So it just wasn't meant to be. Um, I think that's the last thing that, you know, everybody wanted Taker to do was Russell's thing, and it just didn't happen because Seth Rollins killed him. <laughs> but, yeah, my number one is Kane <laughs> overall. Yeah, Kane. Okay. Good answer. All right, Jay. Plug away, sir. Yes. So um, this Sunday is Survivor Series, so uh, I will be back this week with an episode of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast, giving predictions and some history lessons on the pay-per-view, considering that is WWE's second oldest um, event 
next to WrestleMania. Um, it is one of the big four. So be getting into the card, talking. I will be getting, you know, we spoke on the Zelina Vega stuff. I'll be getting more in-depth into that. I'll be doing a little bit more research to see what exactly was the nail in the coffin. Um, from what I'm hearing, it is the OnlyFans account was the nail in the coffin for, for, for them to let her go. But I'll get more in-depth into that and um, talk about AEW Full Gear. That was last week, their last pay-per-view. Um, and just get into random wrestling news throughout. And um, I'm going to try to sneak in my fourth uh, horror episode, try to get my pops back on to do um, part two of our history of old school science fiction and horror stuff. Uh, had a good time what the last time he was on. And he had a good time. It was his first time ever doing something like that. And, uh, you know, he was a natural. You know, he came in and you know, was talking up a storm, so it was cool. Um, yeah, SMD Podcast Channel is where you can find all the wonderful shows you do on smdblog.com, and you can find all of me on johnnypodcast.com. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, awesome. Thanks a lot, Jay. Thank you guys for having me back on. Uh, can't wait to do it again next time, man. Awesome. Thanks again. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.